Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. If you're listening to this, you made it. Congratulations. 2021, turn up. The game runs down their silly paper hats and blow their stupid little horns. At midnight, they will all be singing all lands I'm. But the sad one sit alone before the fire and sip a glass of lonely wine. I wish you are happy new year, darling. May your that's right, that's right, that's right. Welcome to 2021. If you're listening to this, you're lucky. You're one of the fortunate ones to be in this new year. Peace and prosperity to everyone listening. Uh, welcome to another episode, the very first episode of Affirmative Murder in the New Year. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crown, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? 
Fran, what's going on, man? Happy New Year to you, first of all. Yeah, man. Same to you. Uh, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not having high expectations for this year. I'm. I am. I'm. 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 I'm cautiously optimistic about 2021, but just to be able to say 2021, you know, I mean, yeah. What a year. I'm glad we were able to officially turn the page to a new chapter of 2021. What a fucking year, man. I mean, um, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of dark, dark, fucked up shit happened. We're still in the midst of a lot of that dark, dark, fucked up shit. Yeah. But uh, like you said, to be able to turn the page and have some new optimism and feel like there's a fresh 12 months to really make a difference and also not to toot our own horns, but, you know, uh, at a point in 2020, we kind of said, look, man, this year is a wrap, so let's, let's just gear up for 2021 and make some preparations for the next year. So um, when I talk about that cautious optimism, I'm cautiously optimistic because um, I got big plans for 2021. Same. You know, so, and, and a lot of those plans came to the, due to the fact that you had to just shut shit down at a point in 2020 and go, okay, well, let's just start laying the groundwork for 2021. Yeah. And now it's here, you know, and, and we're in the new year and it's, it's time to make these moves. Uh, how was your new year, man? How, you know, how did you, how'd you spend that? Uh, with family. With family, with intimate. Family. Uh, just a couple people. Um, it was nice. Very nice. Um, I'm just glad we were able to been a new year. Um, hopefully, get some things done this year. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, for just for not just me, for anybody. Yeah. Yes. Got any goals? The stimmy, the stimmy, the stimmy is dropping left and right. Apparently, the yeah. stimulus checks are coming through. Yeah. Hopefully, people can, you know, make some moves with that. You know, yeah, get you yourself. New Year's revolu- resolutions. Go for them. Go for them this year, man. You, the way last year went, man. Oh, you, yeah. you, don't, you just don't know, know if you'll be here, man. <laughs> you What's the, you know. have no excuse? What's your excuse? Yeah, like yeah. whatever that thing is you wanted to do. Do it, man. Do it. Like, now you know. it's the time to just this January. I feel like January is that month where you go. Let's hit the restart button. Yeah, it's, a mo- it's a month of rebirth. Yes, let's let's whatever goals. Let's let's try to go for them now. Don't wait till March or yes. whatever. Do it right now. Especially after a year like this. This yeah, is the yeah. month to rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Yeah. With a new outlook on life, feeling grateful that you made it out of that year. Yeah. Because as crazy as that is, you could, every new year it felt good to say that. You know, yeah. Oh, we made it through another year. Yep. But after that fucking year. To be able to say you made it through, it a lot of people weren't fortunate enough to say that for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so it, there, there's really no excuse. I'm fully motivated. I want nothing but prosperity and good vibes yep. and, and, and joy for anybody in my inner circle, anybody who listens to this podcast, anybody who doesn't listen to this podcast. Maybe this is the first time you're listening and you're hearing this. Listen, I want you to go out and. Put together whatever your idea of success is. I'm not talking monetarily. I'm talking anything. If, if you wanted to be on monetarily, go for it. You want to open a small business. You want to uh, work on your body, work on your mind, work on your spirit. Whatever, man. This is the time to do it, man. After a year like that, this is the year. Yep. This is the year to really turn things around for yourself, man. I, I, and I want that for anybody that's listening to this. I hope this message gets to the people that it needs to get to. But, friend, before we move on, I just wanted to highlight a couple of the Big true crime stories that happened in 2020 just to kind of gear up for this year. And, yeah. you know, the, the crazy thing about true crime is like it just there is no stop to it. Yeah. The Lori Laughlin thing, I don't really care about. She was, you know, they were a part of a big college admission scam where they were falsifying documents. The, Lori Laughlin is Aunt Jackie from Full House. Mm. And she got her kid into college on some falsified documents. She said her kid was on the she basically beefed up her kid's transcript mm-hmm. saying she's on the swim team and her grades are this and all this kind of stuff. And it was all this big uh, privileged uh, wealth, privileged white privilege scheme where they would talk to, you know, uh, 
people who had who worked in the admissions offices at these colleges slip them an envelope full of money and then they guarantee that their kid will get into USC or oh, whatever. Like it was this whole big thing and a lot of people went to jail for, you know, a month, club fed type shit. They didn't yeah. do anything hard time and you know, uh uh Lori Laughlin's daughter ended up going on red table talk with Jada Pinkett and Jada Pinkett's mom was like, Why the fuck is this little white girl here yeah. crying oh. about not being able to go on YouTube anymore and make money off YouTube because she scammed somebody out of their hard-earned way to get into a car. She took somebody's spot. Right. Damn. You know, like she took a person a person who really did want to try out for the swim team or really did try to get a scholarship. Like she took that opportunity from somebody who needed it. So I don't really have pity for you or your mom who's doing two months at a fucking YMCA basically. Yeah. So, you know, that was really nuts. Ghislaine, the Ghislaine Maxwell story was just, was just they just buried we don't get any updates on that story anymore, but that happened this year. She was arrested. She was involved in the Jeffrey Epstein chaos, and she was kind of the wrangler of the young girls and would bring them to the private island and everything like this. This was a long fucking year, man. Yeah. A lot of shit happened this year. Joe Exotic happened this year. That was the beginning of the year. That was the, that's how the year kicked off. It was like, yeah. man, everybody's inside. We're going to be inside for a couple of weeks. That was when we were still optimistic. Like, man, everybody's inside for a little bit. We can watch this thing. And then... Months and months passed by, and it that became nothing very yeah. quickly because it, it was like, oh, we're still stuck in the house, so we can just move on. Um, but Joe Exotic did um, influence my Halloween costume this year. I was Flo Exotic, so um, shout out to them. And also, uh, to top off the year, uh, notorious and uh, controversial confessed serial killer Samuel Little died right before we went, we went into the new year. He died uh, probably like December 30th or something like Wait, that. Old age? 80 years old so yeah old age bad health yeah i don't think it yeah i don't think it was anything crazy i don't know if it was corona or anything like that but um he he alleges that he's killed upwards of like 93 women they've confirmed over 40 of these stories and with him i feel like a lot of closure go with him so that's tragic but good riddance to him i don't i'm glad that that energy didn't transfer into 2021 that's that's a bright spot already and also the grim sleeper passed away in march of 2020 Hmm. Um, I've heard rumor that Pam unfortunately passed away. I don't know if that's confirmed and I don't know if that's a fact, but um, Pam was the star of Tales of the Grim Sleeper, a documentary that we loved very much here at Affirmative Murder. Um, She was uh, one of his victims who survived and she kind of navigated the streets and kind of explained what, how these women went without justice for so long because they were sex workers and because they were African-American and, you know, the police departments and the, and the the media outlets didn't really give a shit that these women were turning up dead in alleys and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, and there's, you know, there's rumor that he's up, you know, that guy's killed upwards of hundreds of, you know, a hundred plus Jeez. women, you know, none, not confirmed, but definitely I think it's for him, it's confirmed at least like 20 to 30 women, but they just. So why, so why is he not the most notorious serial killer in, in what's name is? I think. It's right. It's why we do this podcast, man. I think that um, the idea of a serial killer is in a we. It's a weird way where they're they're bad, right? They're bad, evil people, but mm. they they're attributed cunning and intellect and evasiveness and this high this high level of thought that allows them to be um, elusive and not caught for so many years. And with Samuel Little and uh, uh, the Grim Sleeper, his name's escaping me right now, um, but with the Grim Sleeper and Samuel Little, I think that they, their, their, their victims didn't matter to media, so the body count doesn't matter to media, really. You know, like who they were killing 
didn't make headlines. So it's just like, oh, well, you were killing a bunch of people who nobody cared about. So, of course, you killed a bunch of them. Well, there was no. You mean that's why he doesn't get that title? Yeah, I think, you know, I think with Ted Bundy, they go, well, he was luring them in with the chloroform. They they all were luring women. It all they all were doing that. So I don't know why, you know, Ted Bundy and John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer and BTK and. And uh, the Golden State Killer had this, the Zodiac Killer had this air of like, oh my God, like where will they strike next? Whereas with these women in L.A. and all across the country with Samuel Little, it was a thing of like, well, we're not even really telling women that this is happening. It's just, we're just kind of framing it as it's a hazard of your dangerous job. Mm -hmm. So it's not all connected. Whereas with the, with, with Ted Bundy, it was like, oh my God, a woman was she was snatched up at a grocery store just getting groceries for her family. So any woman who, you know, buys groceries for her family should be on the lookout. Whereas this was just like, oh, yeah, she was a sex worker and she died and sex workers die sometimes. So in the moment of it happening, it just it wasn't making the headlines because it was just like, oh, well, they do something in, insidious and wrong and mor morally wrong. So that's just kind of what happens to you. And that allowed for a bunch of women to remain on the streets, not aware that they were in danger and continued to be killed. And the number rose and rose and rose and rose and rose. And yeah, um, but the Grim Sleeper is not confirmed to be in the hundreds, but just with his pattern and he worked at a, a, a landfill and all yeah. these things, he had access to a lot of things that would allow him to dispose of bodies and he wasn't caught for a long time. Mm. So it's just suspected that the number's higher. Same with Samuel Little. There's so many sketches that he's drawn from memory, which is terribly creepy. They didn't get caught because, not saying that the authorities wasn't doing their job. No, yeah. They no, got yeah. caught just coincidentally. Yeah, the Grim Sleeper, <laughs> they tested some DNA from it's his son, son. Yeah. And that's how he got caught. That's what I mean. A cup of, a cup of water or something That's what like I mean. That. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was really not like they zoomed, they zoned in on exactly. these guys and did the work really, you know, like I said, Samuel Little confessed. Crazy, crazily enough, there are people who want notoriety so bad that they will lie about being a murderer. But with the drawing of the pictures and everything like that, I find, I think, I think one, he definitely is the person that killed them, these women. And based on his pattern of going all across the country and just picking up random women and beating them to death, I don't find it unfathomable that he could have killed 90 plus women. I mean, his, his, the map of his killings go from like Utah to yeah, Ohio so, yeah. to it's, it's crazy. It's, it's literally, he just got in his car and just drove, stopped in a city found a sex, went to the sex worker part of town, picked up a woman and brutally murdered them and then moved on. And then nobody really cared about the woman. So it didn't become a pattern. It just yeah. was like, oh, some random death. I don't know. A Jane Doe, another one. And he, it allowed him to, I'm, I think, I, don't, I completely believe he killed upwards of 90 plus women. I, I, don't see, I don't find it hard to believe that he did that. For the same reason, I don't find it hard to believe that the Grim Sleeper did it. It just was, when you watch that documentary, Tales of the Grim Sleeper, it was like, then he had that friend who was like a drug addict who was like, yeah, man, yeah. we would hang out with the girls together sometimes too. And he was going out every night, like yeah. every night he was going out to have sex with these women and then murder them. He had all those Polaroid pictures. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem believing that this dude, because of the way the society is set up to, to demonize sex workers and not care about black women, that he killed hundreds of people. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's crazy to believe, you know, because yeah. I think about how many people are out on the streets trying to survive. Riddled with drug addiction and are, are forced to live out on the street and do what they need to do to survive. And then this guy pulls up in a fucking RV and is like, here's 20 bucks. Come with me. You know, if he did that every night for decades, I don't find it hard to believe. But good riddance to both of them. Satan came up and was like, hey, you know, follow me. 
Satan called them home. Yeah. Speaking of Satan, did you see that that match that com commercial with Satan and he meets a uh, yeah. yeah it was twenty twenty yeah. yeah yeah that was pretty funny that was funny. that was pretty funny I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed that that was re- that was uh, I enjoyed that one that was really funny uh, but uh, you know uh, life goes on we come into twenty twenty one man very excited and yeah twenty twenty one we are lucky enough to have some new Patreon members right oh so let's get into that. <clears throat> All right. First of all, thank you all for joining us in 2021. And thank you all for supporting us in 2020, the whole year. Everything was amazing with the Patreon and us kicking it off. And we are so thankful and grateful to anyone who's joined the Patreon. Up first, we got Angela B. Shout out to Angela B. Thank you. You are a true serial killer. And we greatly appreciate your support. Up next, we got Katie Y. But it's K-A-E. T-Y hmm. So it's unique I like it It's almost like She took the name Katie Threw it in a Ziploc bag And just shook it up yeah. I fuck with it <laughs> uh, Up next we got Joey with an I Shout out to you Joey with an I she, she also put in quotations Next to that Joey So we weren't confused On how to pronounce it okay. I got you I like that That's a cute way To make it like uh, uh, Ambiguous name Like it, it's like a It sounds like a boy's name But it's got an I So it's a girl's name yeah. I like that uh, Up next we got Elizabeth M Shout out to Elizabeth M Thank you very much For the support uh, we thank you very much And um, we pray for your success in 2021 Up next we got Hannah F Shout out to you Hannah F Thank you for joining the Patreon We hope that also while you're listening to this There's new content on the Patreon We're very excited for you to hear So any of these people We hope you when you're done listening to this Get on over there And there's a little bit extra content for you to listen to after this episode uh, Up next we got Olivia F No relation to Hannah F Shout out to you Thank you for supporting And thank you She paid us in them euros So you know we're getting colored money uh, up next, we got Marissa M. Shout out to you, Marissa M. Thank you so much for the support, and we pray that you have nothing but blessings rain down upon you in 2021. And lastly, we got Stacy C. Shout out to you, Stacy C. I like the angle of your photo for your Patreon profile, and we're hoping that 2021 showers you with blessings. Thank you very much to all of those people. Shout out to all of y'all. Shout out to everybody who's listening to this because again, you made it through 2020, man. And I don't know if that, you know, if that's saying much, 2021 might be, you know, round two. But like I said, to be able to say that you made it through 2020 is a really big deal because a lot of people weren't able to say that. Yeah. Fran, while we're still on the subject of Patreon, mm-hmm. I had a content idea that I wanted to run by you and also people listening because maybe, you know, they'll hear this and it'll make them want to join or people who already are joining will be like, yeah, I would love to. I would love for you guys to do that. I recently have become a big fan of the game. Would you rather? Okay. Um, and I was thinking of starting doing randomly, you know, maybe once a month or something like that. We play a game of would you rather on video. Mm-hmm. So there's a new, uh, there would be a video component to it yeah. and put it up on the Patreon for, you know, just as some exclusive content. Yeah. So I just wanted to run a couple of would you rathers by you okay. to give people kind of a sample of what it would be like. Right. It would be a video component. Obviously we would be fresh to death. Obviously I don't come on camera without looking at least presentable. No sleepy in my eyes or anything like that. And uh, so... Now, first, I have a question. Please. Are these Would You Rathers on, like... So the options, are they on, like, opposite sides of a spectrum, would you say? like I guess kind of. I don't want it to be, like, would you eat shit or, like, eat Oh, they they can... I I don't know. They could could go that way. Okay. They could go that way. It's not, like, a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) They're both going to be bad sometimes. (laughs) So, okay. so we're gonna do a couple. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send the Would You Rather's your way, and we'll do maybe I'll do two. You do two. Gotcha. Well, I'll do one. You do one. I'll do one. You okay, do gotcha. One, we'll both do two. Okay. So up first, would you rather go bald 
or be forever cursed to have terrible haircuts. Um, I've never seen your you, you got a, you got a bit of a peasy head, like you got a small head, yeah, but it might it depends on <laughs> look like a, a good bald it de- head. It depends on um how much hair I have. Bald. Oh, no, you I mean like the bad haircut. The bad haircut. The worst haircut you I mean patchy the patchy? the line the line is bad like I mean bad a bad haircut. And I don't mean like the shape up isn't crisp. I mean like the it receded, they they pushed it back a little bit. It's a bad haircut. All right. I, bald. I, bald. Bald. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a tough one. A bald. All right. Would you rather kill yourself? Oh. Push a button push a button and have 10,000 random people die. Either or, would I rather kill myself or yeah. push a button to have 10,000 random people die? Yeah. Listen, man, I don't want to sound selfish here, but I'm going to kill the 10,000 random people. Yeah. Now, the only conundrum there is, is it, random in, yeah, is it random in Maryland? Is it random throughout the world? Like, what are my odds here? That scares me a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think I would choose to kill myself to save 10,000 random people. Now, if you said, would you kill yourself or like your whole family, then you make it a little more close to home. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that's how we are. We're humans. We're selfish. We get that way. We, we're, we're self-preservers. 10,000 random people or myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to save myself, man. <laughs> I'm selfish, I'm man. sorry to be, selfish. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so honest, but it's just, it's just the truth. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. It's actually funny that you, <laughs> Uh, the, the question you asked early on. Uh, would you rather have a shit's mouth? I knew it was coming. Or have your mom shit in your mouth? A shit's mouth. What do you mean? Like your breath just stinks? Yeah. Would you oh, rather have shitty would... breath or have your mom shit in your mouth once? I'm going to tweak it. Would you rather have okay. a breath that smells like shit forever mm-hmm. or your mom shit in your mouth once? Um, I would rather have a shitty mouth. Forever. Forever. So every day you wake up, you got to smell it. Now we're in mask time right now, too. So you're wearing a mask. The breath is wafting right back, circulating right back to your nose. So you're smelling shit all day. Yep. You'd rather smell shit all day than get shit in your mouth once. Not yep. on camera. Your yeah, eyes got to be open and stuff? Eyes got to be open. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to see it. You don't have to, like, see your mom's butthole. I'm saying you're close. Okay, your- then yeah, I do. No, it's just like, you just, like, close your mouth and say, ah. Some shit drops in. Oh, puh. You spit it out immediately. That's quick. And okay. It's, it's done. I don't mean, I'll like, do you got to eat it. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah it's, it's shit in your mouth, and then you spit it out, and you can move on with your life. Oh, yeah. Brush okay. your teeth? Yeah. Uh, the first one. Okay. I respect that. Okay. I respect it. Let's see. Yeah, I couldn't have my breast smell like shit forever, man. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Would you rather have no penis oh. or have five penises? Ooh. It's an interesting question you asked there. Um, man. Talk about the burden of blessings. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard one, man. I mean, five dicks sounds intriguing. The things I could do with five dicks. Oh, man, I don't know. It, it, that doesn't seem like a conundrum there. I guess. Oh, man. Now. That's too, this, this, this one's too easy. I'd rather have five penises. Can I penises. do another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That one, that one. I I'd like rather that have one. five penises. I thought you said would you rather have one penis or five? No. Yeah, I'd rather have five penises than no penis. Okay, I like this one. Okay, okay. Will <laughs> okay. you rather shit bricks, shit literal bricks, shit bricks, mm. or puke slugs? Oh, ooh, mm, 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 mm. yeah. No, I'd rather vomit slugs, man. Cause shit and bricks, man. I've never shit an actual brick, but I've had some pretty bad <laughs> shits, and they are not fun. Yeah, I feel like a slug would 
not taste great coming up, but vomit doesn't taste great coming up anyway. Yeah. So it would just be like a different sensation, but I don't think it would hurt. Like it doesn't hurt me to throw up. It hurts to take a bad shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd rather throw up slugs, man. All right, last one. Okay. I feel like this is a classic one. Okay. I feel like it's, it's a classic one, I think. I Would, think the Patreon one's got to be next level, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a triple X one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, right, cool. they're, they're, right. This would be, right. we're doing tame. We're doing tame for like regular audiences gotcha. for a sample. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, but on gotcha. Patreon, it would get like nuts. Yeah. Well, I, I would read the ones where I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to yeah. read that here. <laughs> uh, 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 would you rather have vaginas for ears or have penises for fingers? <laughs> what? <laughs> hmm. Um, and when you get really, when you, when you get really excited, they get hard. Okay. There's no penetration with the ears and like that. No, nobody has to. I mean, if that's if that's what you want, <laughs> <laughs> you want to get mine. Fuck, that's your business, man. <laughs> um, I take the ears. The ears you can cover those up. You some earmuffs. Yeah, yeah, it could be like yeah. you make that a, a fashion statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Penis fingers. Yeah, penis fingers. Like, uh, yeah. What if you like you like you know you got some barbecue sauce on your finger, you suck it and then you come. Whoa! Man, <laughs> Didn't think about that. You know, we'll move on. That's that'll, that'll be the kind of stuff we talk about on Patreon. We'll move on from that. <laughs> we wow. We won't go. We won't even. We won't. We're just gonna move on, Fran. Hey, <laughs> uh, Fran, it's the it's the new year. So what we're gonna do is before we jump into uh, the fucked up shit, I would like to uh, kind of kick the cycle off anew and decide who's gonna go first after the break with a game of uh, rock paper scissors. Okay. Cool. Okay. What are we going on? On shoot. On shoot. Okay. Yeah, so rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Gotcha. Okay. Best two out of three. Or Best what? two out of three. Okay. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. One. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah. Damn. I go first. Great. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll be telling you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder, sir? Yes. Okay. My affirmative murder this week is the story of the Young Brothers. Uh, my source was oxygen.com and I actually have uh, some information once I finished the story that I found interesting. I don't know if it's true, but I feel I feel like if I'm going to bring up this story, I need to cover it from all angles. So okay. I want to just introduce the, the bit of information that I have at the end as well. <clears throat> so on July 18th, 1995, three men walked into Pato's Place, a quiet bar on the outskirts of town in, Tul- in Tulare, California. They wore ski masks and carried shotguns. They demanded money from everyone inside and gathered about $300 in total. That's it? That's it. Minutes later, the owner, Guadalupe Cantu, was critically wounded and five, other, five others in the bar were dead. Over $300. Cantu, who had been shot in the chest, pretended to be dead until the shooting stopped and then the perpetrators left. Uh, I got a question. Go for it. So, now this question is for you. Okay. So, uh-huh. if you were a group of, so if say if it was me, you, JJ and Les, right? Sure. Go rob a bank or whatever, the bar, whatever this is, right? Okay. Hypothetically. Yeah. So we go in and go, hey, you know, we're here to, uh, for obvious reasons, we walk in with shotguns and ski masks and all that yeah. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we go, how much, hey man, how much you got? You got 300, we got $300. Uh-huh. Now, do you like. I'm calling the robbery off. Oh, that's my question. Are, are you are you too are we too deep now? Let's keep on going. Or are we going? Hey, man, let's just now. That's a different. That's a different. That's a that's a that's a different question to me because I'm not killing anybody over three hundred dollars. I feel like even if you have guns, it's now armed robbery, so it comes with different charges. 
But for three hundred dollars, I go. Maybe they saw us. Maybe they didn't. But like, it's three hundred dollars. Like, if we let them all go, I don't know how much of a fuss they're gonna make over a three hundred dollar robbery. But if you shoot everybody in the bar, yeah, now it's a whole different thing. Now it's a manhunt. So I probably would still take the three hundred dollars because we, clearly we needed it because we we did it. Probably need way more. Probably expecting way more than uh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm not gonna be like, okay, give everybody back their money from the three hundred dollars, and then we'll just leave that way. I don't know if you can reverse it that way, but now I'm like, that's it, three hundred dollars. All right, well then let's fucking let's go. We're bailing. So these are clearly people who are crazy. You know what I mean? Like these are people man, who I don't know, man. I'm going, man. Leave that here. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Because <laughs> this is not. Yeah. No. Let's go to the bar down the street. Like, yeah. you know, this are you saying like, would that sober you or you're like, this isn't worth it? This is not worth it. Okay. Like, let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like, you know, man, this is wrong. We like, already, we already came up with this master plan to do this. Yeah. Let's just so, try a new place. Yeah. This That'll, ain't, give them that. Y'all can have this back. Yeah. This is not worth it. $300. I mean, y'all can keep this. Yeah. You keep this. <laughs> put, put like 50 on it. Yeah. Y'all need this more than I do. Split this up. Let me buy y'all, let me buy y'all around. Roll drinks for everybody. Yeah. $50. Uh, he then, so this guy, Guadalupe, was shot in the stomach, played dead while everybody in his bar was massacred. And then after they left, he managed to call 911. Mm. Investigators described the crime scene as horrific. It would take 10 years and another mass, suicide, um, another mass homicide before the Patos Place killers would be brought to justice. At the saloon, each victim had been shot in the head. Damn. And executed at Point Blake range. The victims were Celia Martinez, Armando Lugo, Jorge Munoz, Roberta Lynn Nunez, and Margaret Moreno. Where was this? Is this a gang or something? Or? I'm so two layer, two layer California. No, it was just it was just a robbery. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure that probably is the first thought. Yeah. Cartel violence, cartel, gang, yeah. gang war, or something like that, because it's so angry. Like yeah, yeah, so it's so violent. Uh, at first glance, it appeared to be a robbery, according to Brian Moore, a detective with the Two Layer PD. But investigators couldn't understand why five people would be massacred. Authorities searched for a motive. They spoke with Cantu uh, Guadalupe as he recovered from his injuries. Cantu was only able to provide a vague description of the killers, though. Detective Brian Haney of the Tulare County Police Department said, quote, this was the biggest case in Tulare County history at the time, as far as the amount of victims. So this is like a small county. Nothing really happens there. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like a quintuple homicide. Well, quadruple because the uh, Guadalupe survived. Investigators dug into the case, collecting evidence at the scene, which included a shoe print on a bar stool. Um, so that means the guy, you know, jumped up onto the bar using a bar stool. Mm. They canvassed the area and interviewed witnesses. Few leads surfaced. So officials relied. This is also just a side note. I've been told recently that apparently uh, I and slash people from Baltimore say on wrong. Okay. Um, I guess the way you say it is on. 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 But. What's like that? Sierra told me and then Sierra on. told a friend of hers and then they were like, you do say it weird. And we say on. On. Yeah. On. So I don't. That's just how you say it. I don't on on. Yeah, it's gross, right? It feels weird. So it, I came. This is like aunt. Do you say aunt? I say aunt. Yeah, I say aunt. <laughs> I don't say aunt. She's not an aunt. She's aunt. That's not how you say that. Um, <laughs> She's but, not an aunt. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently we say on wrong. So on. that 
It came to my head while I was reading because I hmm. came to it on. Well, how do you know they're not wrong? Yeah, exactly. Words are subjective, man. Like <laughs> words are just a means to an end. They just get you, they just get you through your conversation. So yeah. you can say on, on, whatever. You know what I mean. Sierra. <laughs> anyway. So officials relied on the media and the community to spread the word about the crime. A day after the murders, phone calls came in as evidence. Uh yeah, came in as evidence turned up around the city. Phone calls came. Yeah, I'm sorry. Phone calls came in as evidence turned up around the city. Wallet. So basically they took all these people's stuff from that bar mm-hmm. and then people were finding, you know, uh, wallets and clothes and shoes scattered throughout scattered the county. Right. You know, uh, then ski masks turned up and okay. then the shotguns. So they dumped everything just all throughout. I don't you should dump the guns better than that. You shouldn't just be able to find the yeah. guns. But yeah, so they dumped the guns. They dumped the ski masks and uh, authorities confirmed that the recovered guns were the murder weapons. Why would they? What? Just leave it on a fucking yeah. Throw bus, it out. Just throw a it bus, out the, a bus bench. <laughs> throw it out the window of this small county when five people were murdered by shotguns. You're like, they won't be able to connect the dots. That's crazy. Detectives collected DNA material from the masks uh, that was analyzed, oh but goodness. there was no data. There was no data. No database to search matches to track down suspects. The investigation stalled. Six months later, a triple homicide in nearby Caracoran, California in Kings County, re-energized the Pato's Place investigation. In this case, three men had been shot at close range. The victims were Kimmy Jones, Cesar Bergano, and Charles, Charles Shields, and they'd all been shot twice in the head. Uh, Jones's history with narcotics led officials to consider that the slangs were connected to a drug hit. Dave Putnam, a detective for Kings County Sheriff's Department, said that the brutal crime scene had the look of an execution homicide. The perpetrator's philosophy appeared to be not to leave anybody alive that could be a witness, similarly to the um, Pato's Place um, gruesome murder. Two shots to hit is, is excessive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to <laughs> ma- make sure that you're dead. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very angry and violent, and these are people who are very disturbed. To be able to do this to people, that sounds that kind of sounds targeted, though. Exactly. So this that's what makes this so complicated is that it was such a high level of violence that you 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 go this must be an inside job. They must yeah. know these people. These must be spurned people. They must have some kind of connection. So that's you know, I'll, I'll and I'll get to that. Mass murders in mass murders were a rarity in Tulare and Kings counties. So investigators considered that the triple homicide in the residence could be connected to the to the Pato's place massacre. So they're like these were both these don't happen here. Yeah. And they're so specific in their level of violence that let's consider them connected or let's work with that theory and, and go from there. It's hard, like it's hard to believe that this is not like gang related or something. I know. Right. Because they if they throwing out guns and they'd be able to get more guns that easy. Yeah. Because the, the the Kings County three murders used different guns because they found right. the guns from the Pato's place murder. So yeah, these are people who are, have access to weapons. Not that it's hard to get weapons, but I'm just saying, you know, if they're, conne- if they're going off that connection, you go, Oh, these people are like, this sounds well versed in violence. This sounds way more than a robbery for money. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Authorities from each County worked as a team conducting surveillance, doing interviews and comparing notes each step of the way. But 18 months later, officials hit a wall. In February 1997, nearly two years after Pato's place slangs occurred, investigators got the lead that they needed 
when Anthony Wolf was arrested for fraud. Wolf wanted to bargain for leniency and said he had information about the Patos Place homicides because he was there. Mm. Investigators were skeptical, but when Wolf described how one of the perpetrators jumped over the bar, they realized that he had inside information. Detectives had never made that detail public about the foot on the stool and all that stuff. Right. So he, when he mentions that, you go, oh, okay. Yeah. He must know, he must know that. He must have been there. He, uh, he was offered immunity in exchange for, cha- for charges and an unrelated counterfeiting case being dropped. Uh, once the deal was struck, Wolf spilled everything. He claimed that the killers were Donald and Timothy Young, brothers who had grown up in Lemoore, California. After high school, the young brothers struggled going from job to job and eventually falling into criminal ways that got increasingly more serious. Wolf described how the robbery and murders went down at the bar. After he and the brothers fled the scene, Wolf said Donald reminded him that they knew where he and his grandmother lived to ensure his silence, which is a strong threat. This confession broke the case wide open, according to detectives. The brothers, who had previously done time, weren't incarcerated when the second round of massacres occurred. That meant that they could have been the killers. However, the siblings also had alibis for their whereabouts during the Cochran murders, uh, which was that they had both been at a party. As with Pato's place, with, with the Pato's place crime, an alleged accomplice would eventually come forward uh, as a witness, but he also had a criminal history. So in December of 1998, Michael Horbert, who was 34 at the time, told authorities that Donald and Timothy Young entered the Jones residence to steal drugs. As he waited in the car, Horbert said he heard gunshots from inside, mm. and then the Youngs came back to the car with the drugs they had taken. Meanwhile, DNA evidence on the ski masks and recovered shoe and, and a recovered shoe tied the brothers to, to Pato's place crimes. So they found a fucking shoe at the crime scene, and I guess they did like a Cinderella type of thing. And it was his size and all yeah. that kind of stuff. At least I think. I don't know how. They well, found a shoe? They found a shoe. Like he like lost his shoe in the commotion. And you forget to grab your shoe? Yeah. I don't know. I've never killed anybody and had to flee immediately. I don't know. It is an odd detail of like to lose your shoe and not think. Not realize you're walking up. That, yeah. But the adrenaline, I don't know. I can, I can sit here and try to make it make sense. But it is odd. Some people should just not commit crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in a perfect world, nobody would need to, you know, yeah. e- even like people who aren't good at who, who aren't clever or anything like that. It's like if you need to eat. You need to eat. Now, some of these things are, you know, not as drastic. Some people would like just would rather be get money the easy way yeah. than work. I know. I know a lot of people who are like, especially when I was in high school, that was like, I could go work at McDonald's, but I could also sell weed and make more money than I would make working at McDonald's. And I don't have the stigma of working at McDonald's. Yeah. Not that it's a bad thing, but when you're in high school, it's not the flyest job in the world. Yeah. So I could sell drugs and have the, the cool shoe. I can give all the stuff to the dude that McDonald's has in three days from him working two weeks straight. It's true. You know, so it, getting selling drugs is an easier way to money, but the stakes are something, you know, yeah. nobody's going to come arrest me for making the fries too hot at McDonald's, you know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. and that is what always kept me on the straight line. So it was like, oh, yeah, man, you could sell this. You can make a couple hundred bucks a week or whatever. It's like, yeah, but then if I get caught with this, I will go to jail. And so, no. Yeah. What? So what was it? Just you going to prison? Just like, no, I don't want to. 
Yeah, I didn't like the. There's so many politics, and you gotta sometimes you gotta go in and just hit somebody immediately so people don't fuck. Because if you go in too quiet, they might think you're soft. So you gotta go in and like keep to yourself, not kill somebody because then you're you're in jail for life. But like let them know you're not chump. So you go in, you could be quiet to yourself. Don't take anything from anybody because when you go and they go, um, you go, oh man, I, they didn't give me my soap and my rag, and then somebody goes, okay, I got you, man. Here's some soap and a rag, and here's a bag of chips. And you owe them a favor. No, then you owe them three soaps and two chips and three rags. Well, you're right in, huh? I wanted to, or what? What? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. So it, I don't want anything to do with any of that stuff. <laughs> Long story short, I don't want anything to do with anything. I don't want to owe anybody anything. I don't want to be fighting for my life. I think it's crazy how sexual assault is just kind of like, it's just kind of like uh, a norm in prison. Like yeah. people just kind of go like, man, you know, hey man, have fun getting tossed around in prison. You go, um, are we just like laughing about men being sexually assaulted in prison? Like we just kind of, it's yeah, like man, a joke, man. It's crazy. Is wild, man. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's yeah, crazy. Like, yeah, you know, I was locked up. What's the name? And then, you know, the showers, you know, everybody knew, uh. Big Jake was, I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, I think that's, not to go off on a tangent, <laughs> but I think that that's so crazy that that's almost, they, you know, whenever somebody gets in trouble and they're a bad guy, R. Kelly, for example, it's like, oh, they're going to have fun with him in there. And it's like, you know, listen, I know people, you know, a bad guy is a bad guy, but we shouldn't be like, yeah, man, enjoy being raped in prison. It just is like, it's like a joke that people make. For R. Kelly? For anybody. For oh, anybody, oh, man, don't drop the don't okay, drop the soap. No, I just well, yeah, sure, but I just mean like all that. Don't drop the soap and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like it just is like the norm. It's like oh yeah, you go to prison and you are fighting to not be sexually assaulted, and yeah. it's it's like that. Sh- we shouldn't be okay with that because prison should be a place for reform. Well, it's not. It's absolutely <laughs> not. Imagine like the trauma of being sexually assaulted in prison. No matter, and then and then already you're like have all this anger built up in you. I mean, it it, it makes people way worse. It's not a place that I'd ever wanted to go to, yeah. especially not so I could have uh, some new vans. <laughs> it just it didn't seem worth it to me. So I was like, no, nah, I'm okay, man. Can you take me home? <laughs> <laughs> so almost four years after the homicides at the bar, investigators were finally able to obtain arrest warrants. The brothers were charged with five counts of murder and one count of attempted murder. After years of legal stalling by the Youngs, who knew how the system worked according to this was a claim that was asserted by one of the daughters of the plot of the Pato's place victims. The trials for Donald young, who was 36 at the time and Timothy young, who was 35 began in September of 2005, more than a decade had passed since Pato's place homicides. It was going to be a hotly contested battle. Defense attorney, uh, Galetta Delep proclaimed, but Wolf whose credibility was a concern turned out to be an effective witness for the prosecution. Plus, the DNA evidence was solid. And in December of 2005, the Young brothers were convicted of murdering five people. They were sentenced to death in 2006, and the second trial for the murder in Kings County was abandoned. So the the triple Mm. murder in the county next door, they weren't charged for that. Yeah. Now, um, like I said, I have... Uh, some conflicting information. I don't know how fr- I don't know how accurate this is because it's not from the Innocence Project. Um, uh, uh, so um, Timothy and Donald Ray Young are contesting their guilt and saying that they were wrongly convicted and that they're innocent. And I feel like it's important to show that side 
because I would hate to be a person who's told that story that I just told. Mm-hmm. And then five years from now, these people get exonerated and I don't, and I don't tell the other side of that. It's possible that these people were railroaded by the system. Yes. Mm. So I just feel like, why was that? Why did you think that? Why do I think, it? what do you well, mean? You, you see on the story to, to say that it might not have been them. Yes. But why, how does that come up? Well, the just, just some further research. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. the alib- other things. I have a whole thing. I have a whole bunch of stuff that okay. I have to read here as well. But I'm just I just wanted to just preface it with I don't know if this stuff is true that I'm about to read, but they are saying that they're innocent. Okay. So the system is so fucked up and there's been so many wrongful convictions. I've seen so many documentaries on wrongful convictions that I feel compelled to share this side of the story Mm -hmm. in case it's the truth. I don't know if it's the truth or not, but this is another side of the coin. So this picks up right from the where they were convicted mm-hmm. basically and also goes into it from their side of the story and tears apart some of the stuff, which I don't know if it accurately tears it apart, but I'm just going to read it. Okay. So on April 19, 2006, after Timothy James Young was sentenced to death for the murder of five people during a robbery in Tulare County in 1999, uh, he was asked to give us now the, it says in Tulare County in 1999, but th- this took place in 1995. So that's already, I'm just going to go through things that I, that conflict to me. Up on, okay. Yeah. So it says the robbery was in Tulare County in 1999. Um, maybe that was when they were, um, when the when the warrants were, mm-hmm. you know, given out. But it says in 1999. But anyway, uh, he asked to give a statement at his trial. Tim addressed first the families of the victims. Speaking without notes, he said his heart went out to them. He could feel their pain, and that their and their need for closure. He turned to the judge and acknowledged the desire of the prosecutions, the court, and the jury to close the book on this complicated case that had torn apart a community. However, Tim said, his conviction was not closure. As the judge tried to interrupt, Tim noted that because an, in- he, Tim noted that because an innocent man was convicted, the families were going to experience an additional pain of returning to that courtroom. Quietly and firmly, Tim told everyone in the courtroom that it was not over he would be exonerated. In the 14 years since that conviction, Tim has repeatedly tried to get an appellate review, witness correction, and murder weapons bearing someone else's uh, fingerprints. This is according to this. Mm-hmm. Murder weapons bearing someone else's fingerprints. Um, and, that, and there is substantial reasons to question the procedure and due process of his, of his conviction. His hands are tied, however, as his appellate attorney appointed by the California Supreme Court has yet to file the record on appeal or an opening brief. Without the money to hire private counsel and without a pro bono legal team, his case will not be heard. Mm. Um, so these are some of the key factors that the people advocating for Timothy James Young, which is the which is the website. You go to Timothy James Young, you can find this stuff. And I don't know if it's true or anything like that. I'm just going to read it. And if anything that I've that I read conflicts with what I read during my story, I will point it out. So on July 18th, 1995, a bar called Pato's Place was robbed and five patrons were killed. The surviving witness, bar owner Lupe Cantu, also known as Guadalupe, stated that the suspects were Hispanic. That didn't come up in the last thing, so I don't know. He also described two of the three suspects as shorter than 5'8 and skinny, and the third suspect as approximately 5'10 with a skinny to medium build. In stark contrast, stark contrast, Timothy James Young is an African-American male and approximately six foot three in height. 
At the time of the crime, Tim weighed over 320 pounds. How did they even... What? Mistake that? Yeah. I'll continue. Again. That's nuts. In the story I read... They didn't say anything about a husband. I don't know. So this is only from. But the height and weight are not even close. Yeah, but I don't know if that's really. You know what I mean? Like I didn't see the. I didn't see. Yeah. The, I didn't see the like the um the police report. Yeah. I didn't see Guadalupe's full like written out details. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that to be true because it didn't come up in the in the Oxygen.com article. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually said, "Oh, they were Hispanic and skinny and all that kind of stuff." But if they did, that's a big difference. Being six three and three hundred and twenty pounds and being described as skinny and five eight. Well, that wouldn't come out if they already targeted in on somebody. Exactly. So now, so that's the witness description. Mm -hmm. The alibi. Tim's medical records show that on July 18th, 1995, again, I don't have his, I don't have his medical records. This is all just information that's been compiled and I'm reading it. Tim's medical records, according to timothyjames.com show that on July 18th, 1995, the same day of the murders, Tim had three different medical appointments in three different counties. He also had a medical appointment the following day for a bone scan. Tim's work records revealed that on July 18, 1995, the same day as the murders, he had a meeting in Hanford, California, with his management team at Pirelli Tires. Again, I'm only reading this. I don't, none of this came up in the thing that I read. So I, I, I'm not saying this with absolute confidence. I'm just, this is what TimothyJames.com is alleging. But these are all interesting. These are, these are, they, the alibi in the story was that they were at a party. Yeah. But it sounds like that's a lot. It sounds like a pretty busy day. If I'm going off of this, that sounds like a pretty busy day. It could have ended with them going out to rob people. I don't know. But that sounds like a pretty busy day. And there's medical records lining up to, you know, if he has logs that say he was at a hospital. I don't know. I don't have those in front of me, but that's what this is alleging. So the next piece of key evidence that's being debunked or attempting to be debunked by this website, the fingerprint evidence does not match according to this website. Fingerprint and palm impressions were found on the murder weapons, but they do not belong to Tim or anyone else who was charged uh, with the crime. To date, the person who the prints actually belonged to remain a mystery. Now, I don't see anything about here in here about the evidence in the ski mask, but I'll get into some stuff about some tampering and things like that that would attack that that side of the story as well from the prosecution side. So, uh, the next part: evidence tampering. Police again. I just want. I just want to be as clear as possible. I don't have any of this stuff in front of me. I'm only reading a, a compiled article of things from <laughs> timothyjames.com. I think we get. It. I know, but I just want to make. I, I just want to make sure people know that I'm not saying like, "Hey, man, I know this dude's yeah, innocent." Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Police admitted under oath, according to his website, to falsifying records, tamper, tampering with evidence, and destroying exculpatory evidence. One of the evidence lab technicians who uh, participated in these corrupt practices was later charged and convicted of drug and weapons charges, Mm. stealing from the evidence room Mm. and human trafficking. Mm. And that's the person who was handling the lab uh, evidence, the ski masks and the fingerprints and everything like that. Shocker. Yeah. So again, I'm just reading the thing in front of me. Witness credibility and coercion. This is another key factor that they're trying to debunk. The star witness was not credible alleging this website is alleging the star witness of the, of the prosecution was a, a man named Anthony Wolf. Anthony Wolf is a known con artist and drug addict hmm. with prior felony convictions. 
His priors include lewd and lascivious acts with a child, whereas he was found guilty of molesting his little sister. Burglary, carrying a concealed weapon, possession of, a sto- possession of stolen property, vehicle theft, assault on a peace officer two se- in two separate incidences, and possession of a weapon while incarcerated at the Folsom Prison. What? And, and escape from custody while incarcerated in Fresno, Fresno County. And lastly, counterfeiting. Damn. Now, in the article from Oxygen, it just says they were kind of leery about using him as a witness. That's a lot of information to not say that this guy was, you know, was he it sounds like he has a lot of reason to be like, I don't want to go to jail again. Yeah. You know, so I'll tell you guys whatever you want to know. Which in a lot of these stories that we've that I've, you know, documentaries that I've read, they they find a guy who wants to get out of something and they just feed him some information to, you know, to be their witness. Yeah. In exchange for. X, Y, Z, in exchange for time off your sentence, in exchange for not getting a sentence, anything like that, which he was given. That's a pretty good incentive to say what they want, to, want you to say. That's all I'm saying. I will continue. Uh, so here's a, some more of a story behind the star witness. Wolf was arrested on counterfeiting charges, for which, if he was convicted, would be his third strike. Are you familiar with the three strikes law, Fran? No. Okay, well, three strikes, no matter what the third crime is in the three strikes law, you, you will get life. No matter what it no is? No matter what it is. Damn. There's people that have gotten felony drug possession charges and it's their third strike and it's life in prison. I think they've done away with the three strikes law, but it got a lot of people put in prison for their for life. So, uh, you know, um, his the crime of counterfeiting would be his third strike and a life sentence. While incarcerated, he contacted various law enforcement agencies in hope of making a deal for the dismissal of his case. Wolf claimed to have knowledge of the Pato's Place murders, as well as other crimes that had been committed in Central Valley. Although Tulare County had already arrested people for the Pato's Place murders and had people of interest in the case, at the bequest of the neighboring Kings County, they eventually took Wolf up on his offer. So basically, uh, Anthony Wolf came in after the Kings County, three people were murdered. And then Kings County saying, we got this guy calling around. He might be able to connect what happened here with what happened at Pato's place. So you guys should look at him and listen to his story. And they're like, well, we already have two people in custody and we have some people that we want to talk to. And they're like, no, 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 you should go with this angle. But was he, was he there? Anthony Wolf is saying, yeah, he's saying he was there and he saw, he saw either, uh, either, either one of these young men, uh, one of the, one of the, um, young brothers, Timothy or Donald Ray get on, climb over the bar. But as we know from the oxygen, but nobody knew it, but the police knew it. And if they're now telling him, so feeding him information, this sounds like like this sounds like the story you did last week, right? Last episode, a little bit. It sounds uh, that was um, the guy that walked Hurricane Carter. Hurricane, no, 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 no. Hurricane Carter. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm thinking the boxers. I'm talking about the guy. Oh. <laughs> the guy that walked Ruben into the Carter, diner. The, the guy that walked into the diner, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, you know, but he never was at the diner. But the some somebody who was there placed him there yeah with his with his testimony yes it's very similar sometimes you just get fed the right information what the headlights of the car look like what what they did a piece of information oh there was a shoe print on the bar so that means he jumped over the bar and then anthony wolf just goes yeah so i was there and timothy jumped over the bar so they go oh yeah so he's credible now because he knows that and we never said that to the public but they could have fed that to him in the interrogation room yeah again i don't know if that's the case or not i'm just reading the information that i found and i wanted to just Give both sides of the coin. So what I, with what I just read, it sounds like Anthony Wolf had a lot of incentive to be a 
you know, a useful witness in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a case. Yeah. And he ended up being fortunately and lucky for, you know, the police department of, um, these two counties, Anthony Wolf showed up with just the right information. So he's not in jail. Right. I mean, he might be in jail for something else, but he didn't go to prison. He got less time or whatever. He got no time. They didn't convict him of counterfeiting in exchange for his testimony. Okay. Um, hmm. There's also accusations of grooming the witness. Uh, investigators agree that all of Wolf's Wolf's case knowledge seemed to be seemed to stem from news reports. Nevertheless, they freed him and had him wear a wire to gather incriminating evidence. When that failed to bear fruit. Investigators changed their plans and began a two-year grooming process. During that time, now keep in mind this this case, you know, took a decade. Yeah, and there was all kind of stallings and stuff by the prosecution because they were trying to get their case together. Now that could just be normal, you know, uh, prosecutorial, uh, you know, moves and everything like that. But uh, it seems like it also could have been because their witness wasn't didn't have the story where they wanted it to be when they presented it to a jury. Yeah. So that, that, that does add up to me if I'm playing devil's advocate and using the information in front of me. How's that fair though? Well, no, I mean, obviously the prosecutor has a big advantage in any trial. That's just, that's just a fact. That's, mm. that's just a fact. Uh, that's what happened in the Khalif, in the Khalif Browder case. I mean, they, they were looking for all these witnesses and things and they couldn't find them. So they just kept pushing the trial and pushing the trial and pushing the trial. And that's why he ended up being in prison for like three or three or four years, not prison jail. He before just couldn't being, make bond. Before being sentenced? Before being... He wasn't sentenced. He, they, they convicted... They charged you know I mean? him with... That didn't happen, back. though. Before. That didn't happen. Yeah, he was just in jail awaiting trial. On, on top of your, what, what you could get. Yes. That's wild. Well, a lot of times what happens is, you know, let's say... They say he stole a backpack. So let's mm. say he would have got two to five years for... Which he wouldn't have. He would have got months. 16 months. Something like that, probably. But let's say they would he would have got two to five years. He doesn't have money to make bail... So while in jail, let's say he, he was in jail for like almost three years. So when they couldn't, uh, when they couldn't find the guy, they just released him. But they might have just they might have also released him like on time served, which is something that happens a lot of times too. So did they take off what? So but I'm saying is, what if you get okay? What if they go through all that and you you do three years waiting for trial? Yeah, but then you get charged and you get ten years. They, they take, the, you, you, take you get, you that's up to, I think years. that's up to the judge's discretion, but you can't get time served. Okay. So it, it, it'll be 10 years with time served seven. So you'll do seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but basically these, you know, these dudes were waiting in, you know, in limbo basically. And they were in jail essentially yeah. waiting to be convicted in the trial from 1999 when they were, you know, picked up and arrested from 1999 to 2005, there was all this you know, trying to get the story together from the prosecution side. And they had all this time to keep, you know, handing in like, oh, we need an extension and things like they kept doing stuff like that, which led to it not going to trial until 2005. So six years later. Yeah. That's bullshit, man. Yep. Finally, when the investigators felt they had a viable story that could be corroborated through witness and through, through witness and intimidation and coercion, which is asserted by this website, they offered Wolf an immunity agreement. And it also should be noted that this grooming continued all the way up through jury selection and even during the course of the trial itself. So here's the terms of the testimony as well for Anthony Wolf. Uh, as a culmination of Wolf's numerous interviews, these are the lies that were settled upon. And Wolf agreed to testify to one, that he and Young were together the entire day of July 18th, 1995, which, according to this website, 
can be debunked because he had doctor's appointments and uh, had a meeting at Pirelli Tires with his job and all these Wolf things. Wolf and Young? Wolf and Young, one of the Young brothers. Oh, okay. He, because right. he's saying he was there. So his test, so they have to, but they have to frame the, they have but to. But they, they do know him. I guess. I don't know that. I don't know. I really don't That's know. Crazy. But he's saying I was there. But I don't even know this guy. Like, I don't. Well, if they didn't say that, I don't know if that's true. You know what I mean? I don't, or, you know. That's and true. also, I think I read something that at one point they were, they were, um, they were representing themselves, the young brothers and all this kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't know if this is true. That's why I just want to keep saying, I don't this know if nuts. this is true. Maybe they do know him and he's, he's telling true. the truth and all, but, but if they have medical records saying, no, this dude had three doctor's appointments and all this shit and a doctor's appointment the next day and he had a meeting at work. And the first thing in Anthony Wolf's testimony is, oh, yeah, I was with Timothy or whoever yeah. the whole day. But do they have records of him being at those doctor's appointments? I don't know. That's why I keep saying I don't know. They're just they're saying that's that's the, that's the evidence that they have. I don't know if that's true because it sounds like that should have come up in, in the trial. Yeah. And maybe it didn't or maybe it didn't stick. Maybe the jur- maybe the defense didn't do a good enough job of making that point, because if they give you so many points to try to break down and you can't break them all down, the jury goes, you didn't convince me that they didn't do this enough. So you're we're, you, we have to go with guilty because you didn't convince us that it's no way it was him. What about the uh, DNA on the ski mask? All that kind of stuff. They say the DNA, the DNA evidence and Anthony Wolf's testimony were the two real damning pieces of evidence. But one, so part one of his testimony is that he and Young were together the entire day. Timothy Young is who he's saying he was with the entire day. And that Young was even in the car with him later that night when he was pulled over and arrested in uh, Corcoran, California for speeding and running a stop sign, which I feel like that should be something that's provable, but I don't know. That, and two, that he and Young were drinking heavily all day while plotting and preparing to commit a crime. Three, that he and Young were in Cochrane almost Cochrane most of the day drinking, and that they then traveled back to Hanford, California, where Wolf testified that he stopped at a at a parking lot and attempted to steal a car, but failed because his stealing his his stealing equipment broke off in the ignition. So he's basically painting out painting a picture of a day of them just doing out criming all day. Yeah, you know. Uh, four that he and Young then traveled to the residence of an individual named Joseph Bonner in Riverdale, Riverdale, California, so that they could pick up weapons to commit a crime. Five, that he and Young then went to Tulare, California, to case out a place to commit a crime. This sounds way too scripted. And that they committed the crime that has been referred to as the Pato's Place incident. So that's five, and that they committed the crime. And then that they traveled to Hanford, California and stopped at, a, stopped at an individual's residence named Nathan Sharp so that they could divide the money, the $300, so that they could divide the money and that Nathan Sharp was, was there to let them in. And that they traveled back to Karakran, to, I don't know if I'm saying that right, to Karakran, California, Karakran, California, where Wolf was pulled over for a traffic stop and arrested. And he's saying that Timothy was in the car with him when that happened. So that's the whole night. That's the whole day. They were drinking all day. They were out trying to steal cars and do this, that, and the third. They went to, um, uh, they went to, uh, to layer California to, to scope out a place. They chose uh, Pato's place as the place that they were going to rob. They robbed the place. They went to a friend's house, divvied the money up the three hundo, divvied that up. Oh yeah. yeah and, then, <laughs> and then while continuing to drive around 
Anthony Wolf was then pulled over with Timothy in the car and was arrested there on the spot, I guess. There's no timestamps on any of this? No timestamps on any of this. This sounds like too much shit going on in one day. It's a very, yeah, it's a very detailed day. And it sounds like a lot packed into a day, especially if this guy's saying I was at the doctor's office, That's which nice. I feel like is very provable because you sign in at the doctor's office. That's so if, he, if I go, if you say we were together all day drinking, I go, no, I was at the doctor from noon to four. Then that's, I feel like that should be already a hole in your whole testimony. But by six o'clock, I'm like, hey man, we're gonna have to postpone this. I'm yeah, tired. we've we've had a full day. I'm <laughs> drunk. I'm day drunk. You know, we didn't get that that's car. Day, yeah, I mean shit, this is yeah, this is like that's a great. movie. It's like that, it's like the it's like training day. It's like that movie training day. Like they spent the whole day just doing shit. Yeah. I don't know. Uh so here's some additional contradictions as well. It should be noted that law enforcement followed up Wolf's claim of, of the attempted car theft. And, and came up empty. They checked with surrounding businesses and they checked with every locksmith and tow truck service in town and there were no records of an attempted car theft or reports of anyone needing assistance with a car that was unable to start due to a screw being broke off in the ignition. It should also be noted that Nathan Sharp's work, re- work records proved that he was at work the night of the Pato's Place murders, meaning that he could not have been at his residence to greet Wolf at the door and let him inside. How do you just add people in your story without even like... Yeah, man, for you to... This is like a bad... This is like a... If it's a lie, which I don't know, because this is what this website, timothyjames.com, is alleging. But if it is a lie, it's a bad lie to add in just, you know, random pieces of information, just dumping in exposition. Yeah. like, And then Nathan, you know, Nathan Sharp was there, and he let us in. And they, I was like, well, we're going to go find that person. Whoever you say, as the defense, their job should be, well, let's go find that person and interview them. Yeah. Just throw somebody in your story, not even tell them what's going on. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, and I'm sure he didn't tell neither no. of these, neither of these people that. that oh, like I, 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 impl- I implicated you in a, a, a quadruple homicide. Yeah. You're my alibi. So, okay, well, I'm going to tell the truth as soon as they come to the door. <laughs> uh, lastly and most importantly, it should be noted that Sergeant Ray Garcia of the Cochrane Police Department testified at the trial that one night of uh, that on the night of July 18th, 1995, he conducted a felony traffic stop on Wolf and arrested him outside, um, arrested him for outstanding warrants. He further testified that neither Timothy Young or his brother Donald Young were in the vehicle at the time of Wolf's arrest. Mm. Again, I don't, this is all just compiled information. But if this is true and somebody wanted to go look this up and prove all these things, it sounds like Anthony Wolf is a liar and he's a big reason of why these two men were arrested for this crime. So I don't know if it, if they did or didn't, but at the very least, the main, the star witness is on shaky ground. Uh, so just a little bit more before I wrap things up. The judge and jury and prosecutor turned a blind eye to the alibi evidence in the Young case. And Anthony Wolf was allowed to lie his way to freedom. The prosecutor with, withheld exculpatory evidence, provided uh, provided the defense attorneys with a fake set of discovery and engaged in unethical behavior. The jury did not include any African-Americans violating Tim's rights to a fair trial. It's also documented that one of the jurors lived next door to a relative of one of the victims and that they had discussed, they had discussions about the case prior to the jury being sworn in In the most blatant evidence of jury misconduct prior to the rendering of the unjust verdict one of the jurors was kicked off the jury for discussing the case outside of the presence of the jury. The juror was a school teacher and it was determined that she had been sharing her personal views and discussing the case with her students. 
In spite of this, the judge refused to grant a mistrial. How do you find that out? I mean, they go and interview the students or, you know, words being spread around town and, oh, you know, yeah. people knowing stuff that shouldn't be known because, you know, a jury... Uh, ju- jury discussions are behind closed doors. Yeah. So if the streets start, if people, if news stations start having inside information, it's like, oh, somebody's talking because it's getting around. So they say you can learn more at ABC News 30 and the Cincinnati Inquirer. So there are links on here and uh, things like that. I don't know. Again, I don't know what is true. I don't know what is not true. All I know is that I read a story and I found another side of the coin and I felt it would have sat on my spirit very wrong if in in 18 months, two years, it's like Timothy James Young and Donald Ray Young are not guilty and they're being freed. And I sat on this microphone and was like, and they killed five people and they maybe <laughs> killed the three people here yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And that's not what this platform is about. I'm not I'm not here to just lie on people if I if I find some evidence or some information that points to the contrary. Mm-hmm. So these might be an, more victims of um you know, injustice. Now, fortunately for them, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom in California put a moratorium on the death penalty back in 2019. It was a controversial decision that he made, but a lot of people um, felt like it was the right thing to do because, as I've stated on this podcast before, um, I I don't believe in the death penalty, not because I don't believe that if you do something wrong, you should you shouldn't die or whatever like that. I just feel like if... 15 like what percentage of innocent people dying are you okay with to for the death penalty to exist you know what i mean because it's it's just a fact that innocent people have been killed by by that the death penalty they were arrested for something they didn't do and then no nobody came along to advocate for them and they were killed so i can't if if there's any percentage of people that are being killed wrongly and unjustly i can't be for that kind of system mm-hmm. but because of Gavin Newsom they have extended time you know, there will be no death penalties in California for, I don't know, the foreseeable future, probably until Gavin Newsom is uh, beaten in a in a um, in a gubernatorial race, mm-hmm. which there's a good chance that he will because he really botched this whole coronavirus pandemic in California. They're on lockdown again. It's a mess out there. They caught him like at a restaurant eating when he's telling people don't <laughs> don't get don't join. He told people like, hey, man. If you're going to be with your family for Thanksgiving, wear your mask at the Thanksgiving table. And then he's out at a restaurant having a good time at parties and stuff. So he really is looking like a big piece of shit in California. And I don't think he'll win if he runs again for governor. So maybe the next governor is a little more strict and he takes the moratorium off. And, you know, then the clock will start to tick for Timothy and uh, Donald Young. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that was the story of Timothy and Donald Young, the young brothers and the the Pato's Place incident or mm. massacre or whatever you want to call it. It was, you know, very terrible. Rest in peace to those people. Good um, story. There's a lot of different uh, moving parts to that story. Yeah. And sure. I don't know if one part that I told is true and one part isn't. Yeah. And I don't know which one it is. But I just mm. felt like I felt it. I felt a need to tell both. So rest in peace to. Maybe we'll know in a couple of years. Maybe. Well. Maybe we'll know. Hopefully we'll know sooner than that. My only thing of hesitation is. Cal- the the Innocence Project is very big in California, and their ha- their fingerprints are not on any part of this. Like he's not being represented by the Innocence Project. Maybe not yet, but uh, maybe he's on the list. Maybe after this, yeah, maybe it's a long stack of you know you know of people that they have to get through, and they haven't gotten to his name yet. But it's also possible that they got to him, read his case, and they go, "No, he did this." That's mm-hmm. also possible because you know we don't know. 
But if anybody would like to make a donation to the Innocence Project, please do that. It's, it's a great organization. They do a lot of great work. They are not involved in this case that I just read today, as far as as far as I know, as of today. I not could yet. Be, yeah, not, not yet. yet. I don't know. But, um, you know, uh, prayers to Celia Martinez, Armando Lugo, Jorge Munoz, Roberta Lynn Nunez, uh, and Margaret Moreno. And I don't know if Guadalupe Cantu is still alive, but shout out to him. Man. He took a shot to the to the chest from a shotgun and, and survived and called the police to um, get some help to his uh, bar. So I don't know if Pato's place in Tulare, California is still open, but, you know, if it is, I hope maybe his family, his family owns still and, Maybe uh, Lupe's legacy is still alive. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back, people. It's my turn to go. Um, This is my first affirmative murder of 2021. Yes, sir. Um, So my story is about the case of Cynthia Okagasu. I'm sorry? Okagasu. What is the... Cynthia Okagasu. Cynthia Okagasu. And this is... She's Nigerian, so it's a lot of Nigerian names and cities in here. Okay. So just for um, just to bear with me gotcha. while, while I do this. Sure. So Cynthia was born November 10th of 1987 in Ogbo, an Ogbo town Del- in Delta State. Okay. Cynthia Okagasu was the last child and the only daughter of her parents. Retired Major General Frank Okagasu and Joy Rita Nikim Okagasu. She had three elder, elder brothers. Her eldest brother... Is Flight Lieutenant Kenneth Okagasu. I'm not going to read his middle okay. name. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. Her immediate elder brother is an assistant superintendent of, of customs, Mr. Williams, uh, Mr. Williams in Hidu Okagasu. Williams? Mr. Williams, yeah. Mr. Williams in Hidu Okagasu. Okay. Her third elder brother. Did you know that Liam is short for William? Liam, no, I didn't. That's crazy, right? I didn't know that. No. I thought Liam was its own name. Uh, apparently, it's a short, a short for li- for William. Hmm. Liam Neeson, William Neeson. Name is William. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Well, I don't I know if his name. Out. I don't know if his name is William, William Neeson, but, just... but it it's short for Li- Liam. Is the short for William? Sometimes I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know. It. I just found it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so her third elder brother is Mr. Tony Azibuki Okagasu. Okay. Who lived in Greece? She started schooling in at the Command Children's School in. Um, Il- Ilorin is either Ilorin or Ilorine. Not it was two different. I heard two different pronunciations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Ilorin, which is the state capital of Kwara in Western Nigeria, and moved to Common Secondary School in Jos, which is the city in Middle Belt is is the city in Middle Belt um, of Nigeria. From 1997 to 2004, she was a graduate of English language um, at Nisarawa State University and was pursuing a master's degree in public administration in the same um, institution after resigning from um, a job with uh, MTN, which is like some type of telecommunications uh, business. Uh-huh. Um, and Cynthia was also a former model. She owned a boutique called Dress Code, which was the name of, name of her boutique. I like that. Um, uh, which she opened in Kefi, um, a town in Nusawa State in 2007. And she was described as hardworking, loving, and industrious by her family. She had achieved much by age 24. Mm. Cynthia developed some friendships via social social networking um, site, which is Facebook, after chatting with a newly added friend, Okawi um, Ichizona um, Nwabafor, uh, with her, with her, this is the time of Blackberry Messenger, where she was talking to and friending these people. Oh, wow. Uh, Blackberry Messenger, yeah. Throwback. Yep. Over the pace of about four months, 
and soon she had also friends friended his cousin Iziki um Olasakula um even though she already had a relation even though she already had a relation in the United States who often sent her goods to sell um her retail business so mm. These people that she was meeting was people that was coming to her say, "Hey, I got some stuff I can I can sell to you, and, and you can just resell it in your business." Whole, whole, wholesale, yeah, exactly. Like but she already had a main guy, a main guy, but they was offering her better price. Gotcha. Um, to catch her attention. Also, it's interesting. Like, I don't know how far Greece is from Nigeria, but there, there's a big Nigerian connection in, in, to Greece. Like a lot of yeah, yeah, immigration yeah. there. Like, like Giannis and Tedekumpo is Nigerian. But he or Nigerian in in ethnicity, mm-hmm. but he's Greek. He's yeah. Grecian. Probably from military type of. Maybe their parents moved there from the military. I think his dad like might have been in the military. Probably. I, I don't was, know. I usually that's how some of it goes. Right? Yeah. So yeah, she friended these two people that would offer her better prices on some products that she could sell at her store. Even though she already had a relations again with a person already in the United States to sell her goods and then sell them in uh, her retailing business. Yeah. They told her. Um, they were in the same business and they were also retailers and offered to sell her the items at cheaper price. Sure. She believed them. These young men seemed normal and promised to hold Cynthia when she came to Lagos. Uh, what Cynthia didn't know was that um, Nuwabafa had been stalking her for months, mm. patiently gaining her confidence through frequent chats and postings. Mm. When she informed them she um, usually comes to she usually comes to buy goods in Lagos, they made arrangements for her visit while promising her are promising to help her get the goods at a cheaper price. Mm. The trip was organized by um, Ichizonia Nwabafra, one of the two new friends. On July 21st, 2012, Cynthia flew to Lagos from Abuja to meet with the new, the new retailers, quote-unquote. Yes. Regarding, um, regarding the better price offers on the clothes and accessories for the fashion boutique. Mm. After landing, she called her mother to tell her that she had um, arrived safely. The two young men picked up Cynthia... The two young men picked up Cynthia from Martella Muhammad International Airport um, in Iksha and drove and drove her to the uh, Cosmilla Hotel in Lake Cosmilla Hotel in Lakeview Estate in um, Fastic Town. Um, so that is a Fastic Town is a uh, federal housing estate located along the Lagos Expressway in Lagos State, Nigeria. Okay. At the hotel, they entertained her and offered her um, some type of British. Some type of British brand carbonated um, soft drink mm-hmm. that was drugged. So oh. it was pre-drugged by um, ro- Rohypnol, mm. and that is um, Rufy. Yeah, so that was so that is used to treat insomnia and assist with um, anesthesia. But discovered the drug did not take effect quickly enough on her. Uh, now well, I, that's not the first time I, I think we've heard that before. Where mm-hmm. somebody drugs somebody and then take more time. But yeah. so it's like it's just their body. It's just they they didn't give them enough, or it's like their body just. Reacted different to yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's a. I think it's a. Uh, it might be body fat, body fat based, yeah. and things so like things like that, stuff yeah, like that. things like the size of the person, yeah. yeah. And if you just okay. if you misread that by a little bit, if you try to go too light, then it won't work. Yeah. So, but what happens a lot of times is people go crazy. Like, there's I've 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 heard so many stories of girls going out to bars and get blackout. So that's sometimes they'll put too much in it. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird balance for these evil, fucking, disgusting people, where they want you to get disoriented enough to still be able to walk on your own, cogn- you know, cognitive abilities and everything like that, and then they kind of swoop in and guide you away. But then a lot of times, I've heard stories of girls where it's like nothing happened to me. I can't even prove if my drink was roofied, but I went out, I had two drinks, and I fucking blacked out in the middle of the bar, like I passed out. Mm. You know, so they just are like 
somebody definitely slipped something in my drink and they might have put too much in there and I went completely out, like yeah. way far more out than they wanted for whatever they wanted to happen. That's crazy. And so this is the opposite of that. Yeah. It sounds so, like anyway. And um, also reading this, I'm like, um, this sounded more like a, some type of business meetup. Yeah. So for her to go to hang out with them at a hotel. And yeah, but that's what you do. You go out, you you know. Um, at a hotel? Out. I don't know. I don't know about oh, that. It's there, if that's the bar that's at the, you know, in her hotel lobby. You yeah, know, you true. go out, you schmooze, you booze. Like Sierra, she sells tiles, and the people that um, want their tiles to be at Sierra's job, they'll have they'll spend a thousand dollars on dinner. Take everybody at the company out, open bottles of wine, laugh, have a good time on a Friday night. It's just like you know, it's just a little schmoozing. But so I could see but her being make, like but, you schmooze. But again, especially being a young girl say, entrepreneur. Yeah, but know. us saying it as guys, it sounds it sounds simple. Sure. But hearing, I feel like women, you should go. I'm going to take somebody with me or. Yeah. Like just, on, the, but then that would require her taking somebody with her on the trip. And it's like a business trip. And what's, and what's the problem with that? I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to pay for somebody to, it's, I think that obviously I think she let her, obviously she let her guard down too much, yeah, yeah. but I could fully understand a, a young, like, let's say you're, let's say you're any of these, um, young female sports reporters, like a Taylor Rooks or yeah. Katie Nolan. And they go, Oh yeah. Amari Stoudemire was like, you know, come to my hotel. We'll have an interview in the bar. We'll have a drink. I think that it's within her right to go, well, I'm just going to assume that this is a professional thing. I'm coming to do something professional and have your guard up, obviously. But I don't think they should go, oh, no. Uh, we that's Amari Stoudemire, though. I mean, like, he's – people know who he is. That's not too – So, so? That's not, but that's not two random people from Facebook. Sure. Okay, yeah. No, you're right about that's, that. I saying. just was using that as an example. I'm just saying I get it, I get it. I'm just saying in that world of you being a business person, especially a business woman, you might you might use a little bit of your, you know, feminine wiles to go, yeah, yeah, we go out, have a good time, joke around, a little bit of, you know, winky flirting a little bit and I get a little discount on my thing. You know, it's this, you know, men do the same thing. It's like, "Oh, here here's a a older woman or whatever, I might, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit more flirting to them to get their business for them to help have me be their real estate agent or anything like that. It's just, it's all part of the game a little bit when you're in that, in that entrepreneurial kind of independent business person type of thing. Yeah. So I don't think going out to a bar for drinks is like weird, but I do agree that you saying like a face two random people on Facebook, you know, but I think maybe she's just like, no, I've done this before. I do this with my, the guys when I go to us for that guy that gives me the deals we go out, we have some dinners, Kobe beef, whatever, you know, to have some wine. It's just part of the business. But these were two random people she met on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, so she, um, they, they drugged her. It didn't take effect um, quickly enough on her as they as they thought. So after that, they mm. beat her and asked ask her to reveal um, where she kept her money. Mm. They presumed she would hold a lot of money. On a trip? On a trip, on this business trip. Oh, to, to buy from to them. Buy things, yeah. But she said that she didn't have any money to spare. When they didn't get any money from her, they tied her up, mm. robbed her. All the money she brought to shop for her business, her three Blackberry phones, jewelries, and international airport passport and mm. driver's license. Um, so they took all of that, and then they raped her and uh. finally strangled her to death. The oh, next geez. morning, after having spent the night with Cynthia's body, Jeez. so they did all this and then stayed and in just the stayed in the room. Wow. Um, and with then her body, casually, body, casually walked out. Yep. Wow. Um, then they abandoned her, left the hotel quickly, unfriended her from their Facebook friends list to remove any trace of their connection. 
that unknown not, to that them. Nothing. Um, and uh, but there was a hidden CCTV camera in the hotel which recorded part of the event. Now, wow. I, I, I guess they mean at them at the at the bar, at the bar or, or, something, or, or walking, walking through, through the, the lobby. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So according to the hotel receptionist account, um, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Najbu, the uh, the two checked in at the hotel at eight a.m. So tell me if you get this got a little confusing to me. So let me know if you're getting confused. Okay, so they checked into the hotel at eight a.m. So before she gets there. So yeah, so it was it was two receptionists. Okay, okay. so um, Miss uh, Najabu, uh-huh. she said they they the two the two checked in at the hotel at eight a.m. on July twenty first of twenty twelve. Sure, these by are the, the two men. Yeah, by the time they checked out, she had handed over the second to she had handed. Over to the second receptionist. Switch shifts. Yes. Who, her name is Vivian. Okay. Who had taken over duty. So she asked her to check them out. Okay. Right? Um, yeah, so Vivian had taken over the duty. She asked her to check them out. Uh-huh. They checked in again with Cynthia at, at 12 a.m. on the, July The 21st. next day. The next day. So they left. They checked out and then checked in again the same day. Yes. It's odd. When Miss um, Najibu, which is the first receptionist, Resumed the next day by July 22nd, Vivian handed over to her and gave her details about the room already occupied. Yes. The room that Mrs. Najibu checked in, the couple was to expire on July 22nd at 12, at 12 noon. Um, so after the two left in the morning, his brother came back. Now, they checked out early. Okay. Right? So after the two left in the morning, his brother came to take over the room. Right? Okay. So she, So she noted that she noted that, and she was also aware that the other person was still occupying the room. Who was who was Cynthia? Young, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Miss Najibu routinely called the called all the rooms in the hotel um, to those who are still in and those about to check out. Mm-hmm. After some time, she saw um, Nuwabafor coming down the stairs. Miss Najibu asked Mister um, Nuwabafor after calling his room to know if he was still staying. Yeah. When Nuwabafor reached down the stairs, he told her that. He would be staying behind, but that she would uh, permit him to withdraw money from the ATM to pay for the room, right? Okay. When he told her his girlfriend, referring to Cynthia, yeah, was still upstairs, she did not go. She did not go to check. He was not a regular guest at the hotel. He assured her that his girlfriend, his girlfriend was there, was there with the room key. Yeah. So Ms. Najibu told Mr. Nawabafer to return to the hotel before twelve noon, when the payment for the room would expire. Right. He didn't submit the key to her, um, and just left. And the uh, uh the other brother, um, his name is uh, Alasolika, or something like that. Okay, that's hard. That's a hard word. Uh-huh. Um, so he came out from the bar, and they both left the hotel. So, um, so let's let me. Let me I want to make it clear. So Nuwabafer is was was the brother, right? Right. So Ichinzonia was the main guy that was talking to her. Sure. Okay, and um, Ezekiel is the brother, right? Right. So, um, so what happened was, Ichizonia was already downstairs. Uh huh. Ezekiel came down last and was saying, "Hey, my girlfriend is still upstairs. She has the key. Yeah, she's gonna pay for it, or I'm gonna come back she, or whatever. Yeah, it'll get closed it'll out. Get Don't closed. worry. Yeah, or whatever. There's so, somebody up there still. Exactly. So yeah, Nawaba came, reached down the stairs, and he told them that, "Hey, my girlfriend is upstairs. Um, she has the key, and we'll be back to pay for the payment." So he was talking about he was talking about Cynthia. Uh-huh. So um, so she called him and let him know, hey, you need to be back before twelve because payment is due and this will expire. Right. So he didn't submit the key. But his way of 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 
de-escalating that was, don't worry, my girlfriend's upstairs. Either she'll pay for it or I'll be back and it'll get sorted. Yes. So they leave. Yeah. They go, we know we're out. So she never saw them again. That was it for them, obviously. So at about 3 p.m., she received a phone call from one of them. The caller said that he was... Um, that he was the occupant of the room uh-huh. who left recently and that he was not coming back and he instructed to he instructed her to remove the idiot out of the room. Why would you call back? That's just spiteful because I would think you would just go. You would not want to call back and be on the phone. Maybe maybe the pol- maybe they already found the body and the police are recording the to have the phones tapped. Why would you call back to to re- hey, remember, I'm the guy that was. Uh, there earlier. I'm not coming back now. So now go find the body. Well, it's, e- it's either, I think, it's either um, they, they, they would have gone up at some point. They tried calling him because this was at 3 p.m. So this was after they expired. Right. You had to pay for the room. Yeah. Um. So it was the checkout time. Yeah. So it was about 3 p.m. And I guess wherever they was, they was like, hey, this is the guy that left earlier. Yeah. They, they already have you on camera at this point. Right. Um. So we're not coming back. We're not paying for the room. But just to be an asshole, go remove the idiot out of the room. Yeah. Talking about Cynthia. Right. So re- she replied to him politely to remind him that, hey, you promised to come back and pay for the room. He said he was not coming back and dropped the call. Uh, so Ms. Najibu informed the hotel manager about the development, about the development. And he assured that uh, he assured her that since the caller's girlfriend was still in, was still in the room, she would pay for the room. Right. So the manager told her to call the room through the intercom. She called many times, but no response. The manager went upstairs, knocked several times, and didn't get any response. Yeah. The hotel manager directed her to use the master key to access the room. Um, as a last resort, mm-hmm. she went upstairs, knocked again. After no one responded, she used the master key to open the door. And from the door, she saw Cynthia's lifeless body laying naked on the bed. Mm. She was lying horizont- horizontal with her legs touching the ground. Mm. She screamed with shock and rushed downstairs to inform the manager, who alerted police from the CCT. From the CCTV footage played um, to her by the police, Ms. Najibu identified um, Nwabafu and um, um, Ichizonia, yeah. and she was able to recognize the duo when the police brought them to the Area A police station at in Fastic Town, um, and, which is in Lagos. Mm. After the hotel found her body, since her ID, ID cards and mobile phones had been stolen, they could not identify her immediately or mm. call her friends and family, and her body was deposited in the morgue in Lagos. All this time, unaware of Cynthia's murder, her family and friends were praying for her safe return. Meanwhile, Cynthia's mother, Mr. Miss Osagoku, tried calling Cynthia's phone for five days, mm. but her phone was switched off. On the seventh day, she recalled that one of the men picked her phone, picked her call, and told her that Cynthia was sick. Not too long afterwards, so they, it took them at least a week to to find them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. at least. Uh, okay. So not too long afterwards, they implied that Cynthia had been kidnapped and asked for her mother to to send twenty million, um, and and whatever uh, currency they yeah from, and ransom. Um. So Cynthia's mom asked them if they killed her daughter, and they said no. Mm. She was just sick and couldn't come to the phone. The phone call was traced to traced to Fastic Town. There, her missing persons. Po- there, her missing persons police report was submitted to the Area E Command in Fastic. This enabled her family to trace her body to the morgue and also lead them to the hotel. The police in Lagos delayed the release of Cynthia's body to her parents mm. um, for burial because they had intended to carry out an autopsy on the body um, at, the, at, at the Keisha General Hospital morgue. The police commissioner, Umara Manko, relieved that the pathologist was still working on the autopsy 
which was ongoing at the time she was identified. Mm. Eventually, her body was released for burial, and she was laid to rest in her hometown. A, cere- a ceremonial burial was performed at the family residence, um, and the government of Delta State, Mr. Emmanuel Odogjan, condoled the Osaku family and called the police to conclude investigation quickly and bring the culprits to book. After Cynthia's murder and, invested, and investigation, and investigations progressed through the cell phone records and CCTV, CCTV footage, the police arrested the suspects. Mm. So Cynthia's body was found naked uh, with her two hands tied behind her back with brown tape supported with a padlock chain. Her two legs were also taped together. Her mouth was stuffed with hairnet and a handkerchief, also tied with brown tape under her head to seal her mouth and secure the materials inside. Um... So they were saying that there, um, there were pinpoint holes in her white eyes as well as inside of her upper part of her airways and surface of her lungs. A condition described as um, hemorrhage. Yeah. Hemorrhage. Um, so the pathologist also revealed that Cynthia had suffered pulmonary, pulmonary odemia and overweight of the lungs from being soaked by blood. Her left and right lungs weighed 400 to 500 grams respectively due to blood um, accumulation. Yeah. Noting that the normal weight would be 250 to 350 grams. Um, so the final autopsy stated that Cynthia was asphyxiated, suffocated to death through blockage of um, air into her lungs. Apart from her death resulting in as- from ex- asphyxia, the, path- the pathologist John Aladupo also observed that she had multiple bruises and abrasions suspected to be from um, biting. Oh, Her autopsy Christ. further revealed yeah, that a dose of rehypnol sold to the suspects by a pharmacist, whose name is um, Osita, was not responsible for Cynthia's death. Now, this dude sold them uh, the roofies. The roofies uh-huh. without a prescription. You got to have a prescription to get that. So they sure. Illegal, he sold them illegal drugs. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he was saying that he wasn't responsible for her death. But I, th- I did think he ended up getting time. Oh, okay. Um. So after the arrest, several several other women came forward to reveal that they had also been drugged, tied up, robbed by the suspects. They all survived to tell the story. According to reports, these two other women came forward to reveal... Oh, wait. So according to reports, these two young men also confessed that they had robbed several other women prior to Cynthia, who, had, who happened to be their sixth women, the sixth victim, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. The gang reportedly specialized in luring unsuspecting young women robbing them of their possessions before killing them. Yeah. But but this was the first she was the Cynthia was the first one that they killed. That's that's what I that's what I think. Wow. Um that's crazy. I guess that was their goal but they just didn't kill any other the, the other, other five. Ones. Yeah. So although there were s- speculations of their that their motive was their their motive was um ritualistic, it appeared that it was greed and their main goal was to rob and kill. Sure. The specific reason Cynthia was killed was not fully established. The police proposed some theories. Perhaps the suspect became enraged at the lack of, um, the lack of payday after spending so much money to get there yeah. to get there to get her there. Maybe they thought she was like a big fish, and they thought, oh yeah, like, yeah, they that, were that, really going to make yeah, a lot they, of money. Well, it, it comes up, it comes up. Um, so they thought they was going to get a payday from uh-huh. all the money spent to get her there. Well, probably Cynthia struggled or attempted to scream even. Even after being drugged with the sedative, mm. um, she was struggling to see how she could um, liberate herself uh, or make noise in order to attract people to rescue her. 
which anybody would do. Absolutely. The investigative, the investigating officer um, of the of the Festic area commander Dan said said, but they overpowered her. The police also stated that it was very likely that the culprits targeted her as they believed she would be carrying large amounts of money. Mm-hmm. She was targeted because of the because the suspects had figured that. Um, figured out that she was the daughter of a retired army general. Mm. They, they assumed that she would come to Lagos with big cash, a large bank account, and jewelry. And she was a model, former model and all this stuff. Yep. Yeah. At some point, they discovered that she came from a very good home and felt that they could make some quick money out of her. But her elder brother, Kenneth, stated that Cynthia never carried a lar- any large amounts of money, and she never even had an ATM card. She used a checkbook. Several other men were arrested in connection with the crime, including the pharmacist who sold the um, roofie to the suspects killing without a prescription. The driver who also accompanied them during the robberies. And he also s- sold, I'm guessing they gave him like the phone and stuff. Cause he yeah, sold yeah, yeah. Um, Cynthia's, Cynthia's stuff. That she Her had. personal Her stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so wow. they had a whole team uh, basically. Yeah. Um, so but that's the thing, though, like in these in these towns, I'm not really familiar with Lagos, but like in a Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, these these uh, there's groups that work on tourists in that way. You know, even like in a Jamaica, you know, there's a guy that's like he's the front. Hey, come with me. Let me show you a special part of but Jamaica. That's just, that's just random um, people going on vacation, though, right? Just tourists, right? Yeah, sure. But she's also t- I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, she's probably they, been to Lagos before, but th- this was a this was still the. They, they, she's no different different than if they did this with yeah. anybody else who was actually a tourist. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we'll show you a good time. You come here. But they did a whole thing to get her out there. Like, they gave her like yeah. a reason for like business wise to get her out there and go. Yeah, you know. Well, they changed they changed the scheme depending on the person a little bit. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I mean, we didn't get we didn't get any kind of in any kind of danger situation. But in Mexico, we went to Mexico. You land. There's like a bunch of people that are there saying that they are. Uh, like tourist guides and mm-hmm. things like that, like in the airport, and they're allowed to operate in the airport. And you get off the plane, they're like, "Here, have some a tequila, and let's get you a a, a a taxi cab. Where are you going?" And all this kind of stuff. And then they talk you into um, coming to their hotel to take a tour. It's don't worry about it. It's a free tour. You get another bottle of alcohol, and we'll the cab ride to your wherever you're going today is free. And then we'll come pick you up one of the days and we'll pick you up for free and then we'll bring you, you'll have breakfast and then we'll show you our hotel. So maybe next time you come, you'll stay with us. And then you get there and they're like, we would like to sell you a timeshare. Mm. So they do all that stuff and everything like that. It's, but it's, it's all part of the hustle. Like it's all part of the, the tourist hustle. How do we get money out of these people? Yeah. Now this is an extreme illegal version of that, but I thought you were saying that they was trying to like kidnap people. No, no, no. They but they just they it was all a ruse. They they framed it like they were just it was no strings attached, and they were just wanted us to stay at their hotel next time. But it was like no, we're trying to get you to buy a bit a a a property here today. (laughs) Can we get you to sign up to buy a a timeshare today? And we were like, oh, we thought we thought you just wanted us to stay here next vacation. Oh, they told y'all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. They didn't say, say anything about a timeshare. I thought they tell you that after. No, they're like, you don't have to commit to anything. You don't have to say anything. But then once you're there and like four people come and they're making, they're kind of putting the pressure on you a little bit. And you and I, we were like, we don't have any fucking money. So this isn't even something we're like, have to think about. It's like, we can't. That's terrifying. Yeah, it was, it was weird, man. And then once you, once they know like, oh, you're not just saying like, no, and you can, you can't. 
They're like, okay, well, you guys have a nice day. And, like they get you the they fuck out. On, of, yeah. yeah, get your fuck out of there, man. But it took up like an, two hours of three hours of our day. Yeah, like you broke yeah. motherfuckers. Bye, yeah. be gone. Yeah, get the fuck out of here with your broke ass. Yeah, but right. this is so when you say like the cab driver was in on it, and the, it's like, yeah, man, that's you know we got to hustle to get by. I'll I'll take this phone and sell the phone. Don't tell me what you, you did yeah, with yeah, yeah. The, uh, murders or anything like that. But yeah, you stole it. Whatever. Boom. I'll, here's you give it to me. I'll give you fifty. I'll sell four hundred. You know. And then there's a guy I sell roofies to people. To do what what with? I don't know. I don't ask questions. But you do. I sell roofies out of the back door of this pharmacy. Everybody's got a hustle, man. Yeah. They got the fuck he was doing. Um, so about one month after Cynthia was laid to rest, the trial um commenced at Yaba Mega Street Court in Lagos on um on August 27, twenty twelve. Six people were arrested at the beginning of the investigation. They included Ezekiel, who was twenty three. Wabafu, who was 33, mm. both of whom were identified as the Facebook friends. Others were Orji, the pharmacist, uh-huh. who sold the, the roofie um, to them and to them and um, Ezekiel and his brother, uh, who assisted in selling the deceased BlackBerry phone, was, who was the cab driver. Yeah. Um, so the sixth count, the sixth count charge of conspiracy, murder, and armed robbery, rape, unlawful administration of obnoxious substance and forceful administration of obnoxious obnoxious substance with the view to cause bodily harm um, were read to them. The trial, so they tried to wrap it all up in a conspiracy charge? Uh, what do you mean? Like, because there's a difference in they charged the pharmacist with selling drugs and they charged the, 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 the taxi cab driver with stealing stolen property. Yeah. If they wrap this, I mean, at least if this was in the United States, if they wrap this all up in a conspiracy, basically saying you guys are an organized crime syndicate oh, yeah. who yeah, kidnaps yeah. girls and murders girls. That's what gir- it sounds like. They did it to six people. But like they they got the roofies from that guy every time, and this guy sells they had the phone to. every time. If that's, that's no their, way they did it one that's time, that's their guys they go to. That's their guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it is a conspiracy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the trial commenced to the um, prosecution the legal state government calling its first witness, which is Nwabufu and Ezeki. They were charged with conspiracy to commit murder and felony, and um, the pharmacist was charged with uh, a ne- what is this gonna be? I can't say this word for shit. Neg- negligently mm-hmm. selling the roofie um, tablets to Ezekiel, the second defendant, without a doctor's prescription and without showing due care. Okay, that sounds like a normal a normal crime that a pharmacist was doing illegal stuff with the drugs yeah, we get charged yeah, yeah. with. Okay, okay, I thought it was he like, was getting that, he was in that, getting an extra dollar for that shit. Yeah, so he knew what he was doing. Um, so he was so um, Ezekiel Ezekiel was charged with being in possession of three stolen BlackBerry phones belonging to the late Cynthia. Um, Osaka, Osaka Gu, all the all the accused initially pleaded not guilty to the six counts. Mm-hmm. Justice um, Justice Alabasi of the Lagos High Court setting um, admitted as evidence um, confessional statements of the culprits rec- recording in the video when the first defendant was arrested. He confessed that he knew what he did and that everything was over. The first defendant then operated the BlackBerry phone to reveal the chain used in, in tying his victim. The first defendant was arrested on August 20th, 2012, after which he made the confession statement. Now, so this is the trial part. Yeah. So cut the trial part short. Sure. They went in, confessed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Come trial, they go, Never mind. We want to... We didn't. We didn't say that. Change, we change. We want to change, change our we uh, change, change our plea. We only said that under duress. Mm, got it. Now they said they have him on video. 
that you guys didn't do this under duress. Right. So now you, you just came right out and said you, it. Just came right out. <laughs> came right out and said it. Right. So now they're trying to go. Um. Yeah, we didn't do this under duress. It admitted and admitted them in evidence. A confession is sufficient to gain conviction. The judge said the confessional statement of the accused is consistent with the state of the body and consistent to the medical evidence. Yeah. The judge said that the judge said she would act on accordingly. While delivering the judgment, the judge said the accused deserved the sentence. Um, as they were not remorseful of their actions mm. and were telling the court lies after offering confessional statements to the police. Yeah. The judge also found the duo guilty on three other counts and sentenced them to a total of 20 years imprisonment each. They were sentenced to 14 years in jail for conspiracy to commit murder, mm. three years for conspiracy to commit felony by stealing, three years for stealing the BlackBerry phone. The judge, having carefully analyzed the evidence and testimonies um, before the court, the prosecution pr- proved beyond reasonable doubt that um, the Wabafer and Ezeki murdered Miss Cynthia Okagasu. The judge stated that the evidence of the prosecution remained un- uncontroverted and relies mainly on the testimonies of witnesses and evidence. It is only, it was also very clear that the first defendant was untruthful and deceived in court. In sentencing both men to death by hanging, the mm. judge said it was no longer uh, relevant to know who between the two actually killed Miss Okagasu. The second defendant acted in consent with the first defendant and will bear the consequences of each of their actions in respective of whoever committed the offense. Mm. They got death by hanging. So the judge held that with its 10 witnesses and 17 ex- exhibits, the prosecution case against Nwabafu and Iziki was uncontroverted and that uh, the circumstantial evidence brought by the state was um, complete, unequivocal, and compelling. Mm. The judge held the, the circumstantial evidence brought by the state in proof of the six counts of conspiracy murder, conspiracy murder and stealing against the accused person were, again, complete, um, unequivocal, and compelling. Counsel um, for a jury and Nanto, who was the pharmacist and the driver, also had requested bail for their clients, and justice had granted bail for the, for the um, pharmacist with two, um, now I read about this. I wasn't sure about this. I wanted to ask you what this what this meant. So they were saying that the pharmacist mm-hmm. wanted bail under two with two. Was it sureties? Sureties, sureties, yeah. Maybe like a sureties, like you know, just like um, stipulations, like so. Is, is you, you can't leave this. You can't leave the country, and okay. you know, you can't do this. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so That's I'll keep on reading it, and then you can tell me if you understand. So the court granted bail to the pharmacist and Ezekiel, who was the driver, uh-huh. while while the other two who allegedly committed the offense of the murder were remanded to the, um, what was it, Kirkery Prison in Lagos. So they were denied bail. Yep. Um, so the driver um, and um, the Wabafu's younger brother, the judge granted him bail with two sureties, adding that one of the sureties may, must be civil, must be a civil servant, not less than grade level 14, while the other must be a property owner with a genuine cert- cert- certificate certificate of occupancy. Okay, so they 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 are bailing them out to be under supervision of some family members who fit their qualifications. Gotcha. I okay, I didn't understand. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I, okay, I, I got okay, it, got okay, it, because I've never seen that before. No, I, I've never heard of that, but that that's what that sounds like. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so on March twenty third, twenty seventeen, the Lagos State High Court. Um, I think that's just to make sure you don't get bailed out to other criminals. Like, okay, they, they need to be some upstanding people of society. Okay, who keep an eye on you to make sure that you don't run. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so the Lagos State High Court sentenced Nwabafu and Ezekiel to death by hanging. 
So Cynthia's murder exposed the dark side of the internet in a way that most people could not imagine. Now, and this happened in... 2012. 2012. So this is... It's gotten crazy, for sure. It got... Exactly. So, you know, this part that I'm about to read, you know, was is, is not nothing new and it's way worse now because yeah. you got all these different type of social media uh, um, apps and all kinds of shit and people just meeting up. For, for sure. For not even business purposes. The guard, yeah, exactly. The guard, <laughs> the guard that she, that Cynthia had down is for this generation non-existent. Yes. It's like, like, oh, it yeah, wasn't Tinder. It's like, oh, I'll just come to your apartment tonight. We, we, we matched on Tinder. Yep. I'll just come to your house tonight. Yep. Like that is the level of comfort that the internet has given people where they go, well, I've seen like five of their pictures on the internet. So like, I know them pretty much yeah, yeah. and I'll just go to their house. Yeah, yeah man. Um, that's, it's, it's, it's scary. Uh, what I was saying. So, so Cynthia's murder exposed the, exposed the dark side of the internet in a way that most people could not imagine. Her mother advised youth to be very cautious of making friends with people they did not know. Mm-hmm. She stated that youth youths should be very careful, especially when they are making friends in social on social media. Like we have seen in this case of my daughter, such friends may have ulterior motives. The police said that the incident was a wake up call to the parents to become more vigilant about their children and. Um, about their children are involved in while surfing the surfing the internet. Mm. Stricter regulations were proposed to the for the federal state government to enforce and restrict the sale of the sedative drug, rohypnol, over the counter without the doctor's prescription. They had to do that. They had to. I guess it wasn't that I way before. I mean, roofies were pretty known to be used for date rape. Yeah. Before 2012, but again, this is a different country, so you know true. it's it's, true, it's true, different true. different. Different FDA. I don't even they, if they. I don't even know if they have an FDA, but just whatever their version of that is, that they, they might follow different regulations. Keep yeah. this. This is less serious than that, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I watched the whole thing on Vice about how in it wasn't Nigeria. It might have been some other part of like you know Western Africa or something. They got hit by the uh, the lean storm, mm-hmm. and they had to before you could buy it out of the stores and everything like that. But then they had to crack down and change the whole thing. Cause lean was tearing them, those yeah, kids up. Them but yeah. I'm talking about in Africa. Oh, it was like the, the influence of lean made it over there. Oh shit. And then they were fucking all Just fucked up it? on lean. Oh, it was Dang. crazy, man. So they had to change up the guidelines, mm, however they could. Yeah, and yeah, it became yeah. a street drug and everything, but they could still get their hands on it. But you know, it, it, t- it might take more for them to go, okay, you need now need a, a license or whatever to sell Rehypnol. Yeah. We have to change the whole thing up. It's now like a crisis. Or something so embarrassing happened, like the story, that it made the country look bad, and so they banned it or made it harder yeah, to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah so the, the, the judge's final verdict lifted the hopes of some who had um, lost interest in the case. So Cynthia's story inspired a film. Um, it's called Murder at Prime Suites, which was released in 2014. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't just that. looked that up yet. Um, but... Maybe some people have seen it, but that was that was the end of my story. That was uh, the story of Cynthia um, Osakugu, um, which uh, I Rest found a story. Yeah, I found a story just by like I googled something. I can't even remember what it was that I googled, and it came up, and I was like, "Damn!" Like she wasn't even. What this wasn't like I'm meeting like a guy on the internet just because you know. Yeah, no, like this was work. This was business. Yeah, this was all business related, and unfortunately, she you know. Got in contact with some sick people that was stalking her. Maybe was following her movements and maybe the way she was talking to other people on whatever social media they was using Facebook. And yeah. it was like, we can use this to to get her. To, yeah. You know, to leverage to get to her. rob her. Yeah, to rob her. Yeah. Um yeah. rest in peace to her. Terrible story. Um, be careful on the internet, people. Please. Jeez. I think about 
the indirect responsibility that we have as having this Facebook group and, you know, it's like almost 700 people on there. And, you know, when I, whenever I'd see people go like before, before 2020, people would go, I live in Toronto. You live in Detroit. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll meet up and hang out. I go, I just, yeah, uh, cause I don't, if any stuff like that happens, I feel if anything bad was to happen, I would feel responsible. Yeah, indirectly. Now, they listen to the podcast, obviously. Yeah. They know who we are just from listening to us. I'm not talking about them meeting up with us. I'm talking about them meeting up with each other. Yeah, but just in general, I mean. Okay. <laughs> you haven't learned? You haven't, like... <laughs> trying to find a way to put... People want to be buddies, though. I get, I get what you I get that. But you aren't leery. But, but they, y'all, maybe yeah. y'all know us from the podcast. Yeah. We don't know what we could be outside of that not i'm not putting out yeah. this but we could be you could you can do that we could be anybody sure <laughs> this could we be might like not a- even we might not even <laughs> like each other this is just we just do this together because we see the potential in it being something and i we turn these shits off and we don't even fuck with each other like this that. could but i'm saying this a could facade. be this exactly this could, <laughs> but i mean you could, but for this anybody, could all be a trick exactly we could be doing this to get a group of y'all like i'm yeah. not come to the show yeah. <laughs> and this is no show at all <laughs> come to the live it turned, show it turned left completely yeah it's human centipede yeah, man. I just, yeah. Y'all need just to be careful. Yeah, y'all, just I don't I don't know everybody. I think y'all know. Do your background. Just do your background checks, man. I'm all for people, you know, um, bonding over common interests and things like that. But yeah. when your common interest is a true crime podcast, I'll probably be a little leery. It's like let's meet at a coffee shop, a public coffee shop, in front of a bunch of witnesses. Yes. You know, like be. I'm sh- and I'm sure that is the case. I'm sure if these people, you know, if you listen to my favorite murder or any of those kind of podcasts that are, you know, have these real communities, I'm sure they have met. Uh, they have definitely met up with each other. Obviously. But I'm sure it's like at Starbucks or some kind of hipster coffee shop or at a Arby's or something like that. Like, well, let's, nobody's just going straight to somebody's house. Yeah, they meet in a public place. I think that these true crime podcasts have taught people and keeps people reminded, especially if that's what you bond o- over with somebody that you don't know. You're both like, well, I don't want to end up a story on a podcast, so yeah. I'm gonna meet them at Fal Schwartz. You know, this story's from just be cautious. Yeah, this story's from twenty twelve. It's only gotten worse. Like the internet has has no regulations. There's no way to keep track of anything. There's no way to really know who somebody is. Everything can be a facade. Everybody's a troll. There's so many yeah. fake accounts. It's so easy to take pictures from one real account and use them as your own thing. Yeah. So you don't really that know. That was just a guy just this got uh he just got uh charged. He was for like he was like called the Twitter killer or something. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah. But I believe like, it. I mean But the crazy thing is uh, somebody probably seen it, but I'm gonna just tell you what happened anyway. Go. Cool. So the guy, uh, I think he was like, uh, he's from Asia or something. Sure. So he was like, they called him like the Twitter, the Twitter killer, but he was killing people that were posting suicidal like thoughts or whatever. Oh, on Twitter. wow. And he so was just, going, hey, I'm just going to go do it for I you. I can, you know, essentially saying, you know, I can help you out. Some Dr. Kevorkian shit. Yeah. Wow. No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, that wow. Was, that was like a couple, that was like a week ago. Jeez. No, I didn't know about that. But I mean, you know, you talk about. Um, I did a story. I did a story on here about a guy who a guy who was using, he was using Tinder to kill people. Uh, I know about a Craig, the Craigslist killer. Yeah. I'm sure, sure there's been people who have been killed on Facebook, especially now with this Facebook Marketplace being a thing. Yeah. I'm very leery about any kind of, um, you know, not to keep not to keep harping on it, but but these PS fives. For one, I'm not paying double to anybody. You can eat a whole dick. But for two, I'm very leery about, yeah, come meet me in this parking lot and we'll exchange I've goods. I've done that before. With like Facebook Marketplace stuff? Yeah. And yeah, Steph I was like, I'm very why like, didn't you tell me? Yeah. I, I went after work. She was like, why oh, didn't you, you tell gotta, me? You got to leave a breadcrumb trail, man. You gotta I tell somebody. I I'm going to 
you know, uh, you know, this Texaco gas station to, to exchange. What'd I you get? What was it? I bought um, Nintendo. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even. But was, I didn't even was it that much of a, a deal that you couldn't just go get the Nintendo from the store? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I'm, I, sure. I, I'm sure some deals on it. It was just I didn't. You didn't tell anybody. Yeah, oh, you got to tell somebody, man. Yeah, I just went. Yeah, out. don't do that again, man. Because well, you know, you ate cookies from your neighbor. And, uh, that's what? my neighbor. I don't know them, <laughs> but I know. But I know. I, if I go, oh, these cookies are from this person. <laughs> if then I die, I always tell Sierra that, that somebody gave us some stuff. Yeah, you know, it's not like I get cookies from a parking lot. Whatever, somebody just <laughs> with a table. But yeah, man, I, I'm always leery with the, you know, uh the Facebook marketplaces and the stock exchange and the, you know, eBay. Well, eBay, no, anything you can if you can mail it cool, but anything that's like, well, you gotta come get it. Craigslist for like, that's the prime example. Yeah. Anything you gotta go to somebody's house to pick something up, I'm like, I don't wanna go to somebody's house. I don't know. Yeah. Feels weird. So just be careful with that stuff, man. Mm. And just bring somebody with you or tell somebody where you're going. Yep. You know, have some kind of strategy to where if it goes sideways, you know, I have this person, this person's on the phone with me yeah. or something to where they that you can get help. That's all I got on that. I don't know, man. Rest in peace to this young lady, Cynthia, man. Young entrepreneur trying to you know, make something happen. And Rest in peace, Cynthia. Hope uh, the what's the guy name from your story? What's his name? Oh, uh, um, Guadalupe. Is that is that what's his name? The bar owner. The one that was tr- no, the one that was tr- the one that's. Saying he didn't do it. Oh, yeah, Timothy Young. and uh, I hope that uh, gets straightened out and yeah. recipes to all the victims. That I hope it gets straightened or... out, whether it's clarified for yeah. the good or for the bad. I don't yeah. I don't really know. I still don't want to commit to anything. I still need to do some more research on that, which I welcome anyone to do as well. Timothy Young and uh, Donald Ray Young, they're brothers from California. And, you know, uh, I, I just came across a story that had two different sides, and I, I don't know which one is the truth. For sure, but I just wanted to tell both. So yeah, um, yeah, man. First, first uh, episode of the new year, man. I'm very excited. Like I said, to anybody who's on the Patreon, before we get into the good vibes, for, to anybody who's on the Patreon, um, there's also some new content up this week. Special, specifically, the day that this episode comes out, there was a new mini sode, or the very first mini sode on Patreon right now. So get on over there and check that out. Give us some feedback. Let us know how you like it. If there's any um, stories that you have, any suggestions as far as dumb criminals, which will be the focus of the mini sodes. If you have any stories of dumb criminals, feel free to uh, message, us on, message us on Patreon and uh, give us some links and things like that. Um, now, uh, let's go ahead and get into these good vibes so we can get up out of here. That's right, folks. It's time to kick off 2021 with some positive vibrations, some good vibes to hit your spirit and carry you on into this new year with all the energy that you need to do great things. Fran, I'm going to go ahead and kick things off with something a little bit different. It's not exactly good vibes, but it is basically um, a, a company did a survey of bad habits that were picked up in 2020 and then a survey of ways that they would like to break those bad habits in 2021 mm-hmm. so i just want to kind of read those off to people that might connect to them and, and, and you know and again it's, this is the year to make those things happen man we just came through a crazy crazy year where you might have picked up a lot of bad habits because you literally could not do anything in some cases work go outside anything like that yeah. see there might be some bad habits that you picked up understandably because this year was crazy but now it's 2021 and you can take the energy of surviving that hellish year and put it into changing yourself for the better if that's what you choose to do. So uh, some of the top uh, bad habits that were picked up in 2020 are uh, snacking more throughout the day. Guilty for sure. Um, eating more comfort food and a lot of foods on that's here. That's a bad habit? Snacking? 
Snacks? Well, snacking. See, that's the thing. That's debatable. You should live your life and be do what you want to do. But the thing about snacking is, I love chocolate peanutty treats. Right. So if I eat, Same. if I eat, Same. if I eat breakfast and then from between breakfast and lunch, I don't really eat anything of sustenance. But I eat ten chocolatey peanutty treats. Mm. That could be five hundred calories right there. So and, and then, yeah. But I mean, like you know, some people. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so indeed. We know some people that should have said should not have said so to oh, me. Yeah. It's just, that's what I'm saying. It, so it is you can say so, but there are consequences to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and if those are consequences that you're okay with, that's fine. I'm not judging anybody's health or anything like that. I'm just saying, if you do find that snacking is bad and it's causing you to have some bodily issues that you're not happy with, yeah. then it should be a, a habit that you should break because True. snacking is kind of bad, you know, like especially in between meals because it's empty calories that, you know, can take away from you having a nice big lunch. You know, instead of that, instead of that, you have the nice big lunch and you snack between breakfast and lunch. And now you're you had a bunch of calories throughout the day, yeah, you know. So uh, let's eating more comfort foods, which is fully understandable. I love macaroni and cheese and nice hearty soups and everything like that. I understand. These are just some things that people said that they picked up. Why does as, it call comfort foods? Just because it's like a lot of thick stuff, breads and and thick soups like chowders and potatoes. Comfort foods are usually stuff that like really sits on you. And makes you want to sit and be in sweatpants and sit on the couch. Gotcha. So like uh, shepherd's pie or like uh, any kind of casserole or like potatoes and gravy. Mm -hmm. Something that really just sits right on you mm -hmm. and just makes you not want to move. Yeah. That's really typically a comfort. No, nobody's comfort food is like celery and peanut butter. Yeah. That's nobody's. I mean, it's not. That actually sounds delicious. Not celery and peanut butter. Yeah. I hate celery. Um, you're insane. Uh, up next. Is another celery thing. with like ranch? No. I don't like celery with anything. It actually makes me, it makes, it infuriates me when people put celery in my box of wings. Hmm. It's just garnishment. I'm not going to eat it. I don't want it. I give it to Sophie. She eats it. You know what I do love though? Cauliflower. Well, that's I good, man. Cauliflower is cauliflower. absolutely a good substitute for all kinds of stuff. Sierra eats cauliflower crust pizza because she can't eat gluten. So there's all kinds of stuff that you can do with cauliflower. But how, what I don't like is when people are like, these are cauliflower buffalo wings. That's nasty. It's not. No, it's not. It's buffalo wings or buffalo wings. Stop saying stuff is stuff that it's not. Oh, this is tofur tofurkey. No, it's just tofu. Don't shape it like a turkey and tell me that it tastes like turkey because it doesn't. Just say that it, it tastes like this. Just name it seasoned tofu. Because if you say it tastes like something that it doesn't taste like, you're a liar. It's false advertisement. I've had all the things that they say taste like this. I've had the Impossible Burger and all that kind of stuff, which is pretty good. What the hell is an Impossible Burger? It's like plant-based. It's plant-based, but it, they made it taste like meat. I've had a plant-based burger before. It's not bad, but okay. it's not a cheap. It's not a. It's not a Angus burger. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll continue. I don't celery. Don't bring up celery again. It makes right. me angry. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, third thing, a lot of people complained about uh, as picking up a bad habit in 2020: not eating as many fruits and vegetables as they should. Okay. It's just people. I think is this all eating habits? No, it's other stuff. Okay. Right. Well, a lot of it is eating. Okay. But 2020 just was like, there's nothing there's to do. Things. You know, I, I fully understand these things. Uh, the next one was drinking too much caffeine, okay. uh, eating more junk food. I'm mm -hmm. just gonna um, blast through these ones that are food related. Not eating three meals a day, which I understand because really in this this year, is you, that what you mean eating over or why are you not eating three meals a day? And well, not eating three meals. Sometimes some people weren't eating enough. A lot yeah. of some like a like just as bad as eating too much can be. You lose track of the day, and then you try to eat a full day's worth of stuff for your one meal. Yeah, you know, like I'm gonna eat a whole pizza and Damn. and all this stuff because I haven't I haven't eaten. That, that's not. I just want to let people know that's not how hunger works. Like if you haven't eaten all day, it's not like oh I need to eat 
for the Double, whole day. Yeah, yeah it's, that's just not how it works. So you can eat just that one meal and it'll sustain you and you can try again tomorrow. Yeah. But a lot of times in a year like 2020, it was like, man, there were so many days for me where I was like, oh, man, I'm bored. I'm going to order a really Eat. decadent meal, yeah. you know, something big and hearty and really delicious and fried probably and enjoy myself. Yeah. But when you do that every day, it can start to add up in a lot of ways, not just financially, but, you know, for your health wise, like you start to, you know, you know, when you don't have the energy to go do, you know, all kind of active activities and then you're eating, you know, top shelf, lavish uh, door, DoorDash and Uber Eats meals every day. You mean that's what you do? That's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Until, but I eventually I had to wrangle that in and get a hold of myself. But it was, it was getting out of, it was a little getting a little crazy at a point where I was like, every day there was like Panera bread bags here and I bet. wings from Wingstop yeah. and every, every day it Wingstop was Wingstop like, is delicious. Love Wingstop. My bro. goodness. My God. Lemon pepper. Oh Come on, man, get out of here. Um, let's see. Uh, drinking too much alcohol was a big one in 2020. A lot of people picked up a <laughs> drinking habits in 2020. Yeah. Man. It got it got out of hand for a lot of people. Not exercising, uh, staying in pajamas all day, which I understand, yeah. man. I mean, you're working you know, from home, go? wearing some pajama bottoms. I get it. But there's something. I don't see that as a habit, though. No, but it is because here's the thing. As a person who is prone to spouts of mild depression, it it's it's not good to just be like, man, fuck it. It's just not a good mentality to have. Like man, fuck it, man. When's the day over? I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna take a shower and like put on. I'm not gonna take care of myself today. That's a bad mentality to pick up, and I feel like a lot of people picked that up in 2020. You know, where it's just like, mm. who, what's the point of me putting on a different outfit today? Yeah, me. I'm just gonna wear what I slept in I'm all in day today. Yeah, sure, but like, it's also good to like, I'm gonna go outside and go for a walk, and then take a shower, and you know, just ha- have a new day. I guess. You know, I, I understand how that could be seen as a bad thing. These are these are coming from people. These are people saying like, I shouldn't be in pajamas all day. You recognize it in yourself that it's a bad. It's not good, you know. And then the last one was oversleeping, oversleeping during a work day while working from home. I don't I didn't have to work from home, so I don't really know what the, I couldn't work. From that home. was a tough one. Like, I don't understand being on the Zoom calls and like uh, uh, Paris, Paris, Sierra's sister is a teacher. Yeah. And it's it sounds like the worst thing in the world right now because she's just sitting on a laptop for six hours a day. And, like, the kids, they filter in. Like, once the class is over, you exit out of that Zoom, and then another Zoom starts. So it's not like, there's not that, like, the bell rings, there's five minutes kids walking from class to class. It's like, here's the next one. So you just basically sit at your laptop all day. So I couldn't imagine doing that. I couldn't work from home, man. I wouldn't get shit done. No, 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 no. That's, like, it's like being homeschooled. I would have been the worst homeschooled person ever. I, I just... You know, I would have found a way to make some kind of dummy out of hay and then sit it in front of the camera or something or take a pic- screenshot of myself or something. I would have found all the tricks. Oh, yeah. Uh, here are the top plans that people said they would like to implement in, for be, to be healthier in 2021. Uh, we got exercise regularly, eat more fruits and vegetables, meal planning, you know, yeah. which is a really good thing. I, I, I'm not as consistent with it do. as I can be. It's very hard. Yeah, because you got to cook a whole bunch of stuff and separate and everything. But it is good and you yeah. can portion it better and it can get you through a week a lot faster without you. Because a lot of times, a lot of people eat bad because they don't have any other options. They're like, oh, I didn't really, I didn't make anything. I'll just order something and it'll come here made. But if you already have stuff in the fridge done, you can just go bam, boom. I took I, These are all ingredients I picked myself. And, yeah. you know, I know what's in it. And boom, I'll just heat this up. So meal planning is good, but it is hard. I fully understand it being difficult. And it, that's why these are things are that are uh, resolutions and, and things like that. Like they, they, they're going to take effort for you to get there. But they, a lot of these are helpful. Uh, regulating your sleep schedule, which I fucked my sleep schedule up in 2020 hard because there were so many days where I just was like, 
didn't have to work the next day, and then I'm up till three, and then I wake up. Either I wake up early, and then, and then I get tired halfway through the day, or I wake up late, and then I'm up late again the next day. So yeah. I can understand people. That's what I do. Like tomorrow is my day off. I'm probably will be up to like. <laughs> uh, jogging. I hate jogging, but what I what I've started doing in the last eight weeks or so is doing yoga. And I've told you that you know like. It has it's been the biggest leap in comfort for me for my Achilles rupture than anything. Like I feel more, I have more give and more, yeah. uh, you know, stretching and flexibility in my Achilles than I've I've felt since it ha- since any of the rehab or anything like that. So, it you know, exercising sucks, but it does stretching and just being active a little bit, getting your body to just shock your body. It does it help. It has it has it has benefits. Yeah. Uh, portion control, I guess, you know, I'm a big, I'm really not good at that. I love to just eat a big plate of food. It's my favorite thing. Uh, fad diets. I don't, I wouldn't do those like keto. I tried to do keto. I think I brought it up on here one time that I tried to do keto. I failed immediately because the thing is it's a biological fuck up. So you can't cheat it. If you cheat it, you, if you cheat it, it doesn't work. You can't be like, well, I ate cheese and meat all day. So I'm going to have one piece of toast. Yeah. Because if you do that, you fuck all the shit up. It's like... You it gotta do- keep going? Yeah. You can't the like... You can't dab. You can't oh, be like, okay. I, I did it all day and now I'm going to have a pastry. Because the point of the, the keto diet is it like fucks your body up. Your body goes into a, like a starvation mode. And that's how you lose the weight. Because you're not supposed to eat carbs. Mm. But once you eat a carb, your body's like, oh, okay, cool. We don't have to go into starvation mode now. <laughs> so if you do it all day... And then you eat a piece of bread, fuck you fuck it up, and now you just ate meat and cheese all day, and now you're gonna gain weight. So you, are you supposed to stick with it like forever? I mean, a lot of people stop after a while because they get their they hit their goal weight. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. Um, and then the last one is drink less alcohol. <laughs> so yeah, man, a lot of people picked up some bad habits in 2020, and I think 2021 is a year that if you choose to, if you want to do any of these things, you don't have to do any of these things. But if you want to, why not get up and do it tomorrow? You know, why not say, hey. I'm going to seize 2021 by the balls and I'm going to fucking go for it. And I've made it through this hellish year. So I'm going to make some changes. And if that's how you feel, then do it. I really encourage you to go out and do that. And uh, that was my little kind of good vibes. Just a little kick in the pants for 2021 to get people motivated to go, you know, make some changes. If you want to start a podcast, you want to act, you know, get on YouTube, make a YouTube account, make some sketches. You're like it, it. Anything can be done if you really want to do it bad enough. Yep. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to get all this equipment. Because I think that a lot of people let that kind of stuff stop them. Like, what do, what do these people have that I don't have? That That's the reason that I can't do it and they can do it. It's because they have something I don't have. No, you can make sketches on your, on your iPhone. You can make a podcast on your iPhone. It won't sound like the best quality in the world. Get your feet wet. Get your feet wet. Dive in. Yeah. Learn if you like it. Maybe yep. you suck at it. Maybe you don't want to do it anymore. You know, I think 2021 also is a, is a big year. I've, I've had a lot of people from uh, people that I graduated with who uh, asked me like, hey, man, do you still do stand up? Which nobody's doing stand up. Everything's shut down. But like if you have a desire to get on that stage and, you know, tr- try it out. And because and, a lot of for a lot of people, uh, stand up is like skydiving. Like it's like a, a life goal. Like I would love to get up in a room full of people and try to make them laugh. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, I think 2021 at some point small clubs would open up again. And if there's an open mic night, I challenge you to go out, get on a stage, and just tell some jokes. Give it a try. Yeah. Maybe you suck at up. it, but maybe, but maybe, maybe you're maybe you're meant to be a stand-up comedian. So if you have desires like that in 2021, I challenge you to go out and go make it happen, man. They about to put um uh coronavirus vaccine badges on everybody's ID. I heard about that. I heard about that. I've heard people talking about that like a month ago. Yeah. I don't know about the coronavirus badges as far as like going to concerts and stuff. But if a country says, hey, 
you're from the United States and y'all didn't follow any protocol. <laughs> Matter of fact, specifically, you're from Florida. So you yeah. can't come to Germany unless you have paperwork that says you took the vaccine. Yep. We don't want you here because we don't want a, a coronavirus spike again. Some savages. Yeah, so I don't think that that's crazy. If you want to go to another country and they don't want you there unless you prove that you took the vaccine, I don't think that's crazy. I think it, I wouldn't be bringing around some paperwork to go see fucking, uh, you know, a concert. You know, I like Kendrick Lamar, but like if I have to go get the vaccine to go to the concert, I plan on getting the vaccine regardless if it, you know, it, you know, it, when it when it comes around to it. But if it's like, well, if you until you do that, you can never go see uh, you know, Heim. It's like, okay, well then I guess I won't ever go see them. I don't know. I I don't like it in that aspect, but yeah. if I want to go travel to another country who's concerned about spikes, then you gotta take the vaccine. Man. I don't yeah. know. That's crazy. Anyway, Fran, we're not, we're not getting into oh, that. I think I think the vaccine still good, as good vibes, but I'm not getting into like the the downsides people are finding for taking the vaccine. Fran, the good vibes moment is on you. Uh, okay, so a uh, preschool teacher who was laid off after 20 years of after 20 years wins twenty fifty thousand dollar lottery prize. It's mm, a nice chunk of change. Yeah, man. Uh, Quarter million. I'm kind of jealous because you know I do scratch offs and I haven't won. You uh, do scratch offs. Yeah. What are you sixty three? I go sometimes. I go. If I go to the store and I got like two dollars or something, I'm like, you know, give me give me a two dollars scratch off. I go to the machine. I don't Nobody go wins a quarter million off the two dollars. You got to get the like the seven dollars scratch offs to really hit. Yeah, I'm not doing that. That's uh, but those that's how they get you. They don't put the quarter million in in the, the one dollar. Not a quarter off. million, but you can win like five thousand. Okay, I'm not greedy. Sure. I take that. Right. Uh, so after a difficult few months, a preschool teacher hit a stroke of good luck when um, he decided to buy two lottery tickets instead of one. Joe Camp was laid off September. In September, after 20 years of teaching preschool in Charlotte, mm. North Carolina, a month after that, my dad passed away, said Camp, and it mm. put me in a dark place. But he had a lot of friends and family who um, told him to keep to keep sticking in there and keep believing in myself. After finding a job at a car dealership sales center, Camp struck gold. In December, he was buying his weekly gold rush lottery scratch off, and this time he bought two. So he's doing it mm. weekly. And it could have... Maybe I should do that. Buy two buy, instead buy, of one? Buy, no, buy one like every week or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, do that. What is the what is the like frequency of which you do scratch offs randomly? Whenever I got asked to change when I'm in the store. Oh, okay. Right. Let me let me get one. Let me get one of those. Yeah. Wasting my time. <laughs> Didn't win anything. Let me get a tic tac toe themed scratch off. Scratch off. <laughs> Go get two dollar one. Don't win nothing. Uh, he didn't win the first one. He scratched off the second one and found he'd won two hundred and fifty thousand. Mm. I fell to my knees at the gas pump. A quarter million. His plans include a new home for his daughter and himself, and saving for her education. I want to go. Wait. I want to get it home because I want to set it up for my family and grandkids. He said. I want to have something for us. Yeah, I don't know I've about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Going stretching that far, but you know, yeah, I never okay. had anything. Uh, His money, no one passed anything down, and that's what I wanted to do. Generational wealth, yeah, man, twenty fifty thousand life insurance, folks. Leave your family something. It it does make a difference. Yeah, twenty fifty thousand. I'm not buying. I'm not. My plans with two hundred fifty thousand dollars aren't like I'm going to buy two houses and start a college fund. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to my job. No, shut up, man. Yeah, Don't. Say I said that, that before. Not if, with no, no, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. If I win two hundred fifty thousand right now. I'm I'm gonna quit my job because I have back I have another plan. Okay. All right, okay, okay. Not right. I'm not just I'm, gonna I'm retiring. No, no, no. Oh, okay, all right, okay. No, 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 you no. can focus on the things that you want to do with that exactly. money. Yeah, yes. that could be your starter money to exactly. do. Exactly. Okay, got it. Okay. I'm gone. Say that part. Because I was like Amigos. 
It's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. No, you can't no, quit. No. <laughs> I'm not just gonna go. You know, I'm Got not gonna do. Nothing I'm done. Now. <laughs> I'm, I'm kick my feet up. I'm gonna make this work for the rest of my life. That's idiotic. I wouldn't. Yeah, okay. no, I wouldn't <laughs> they got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Twenty three thousand dollars. That's yeah. A, yeah. That's you, nice. you you can make a move with that that's money nice for sure. That, you can make a that's move nice with that money up. for sure. Yeah. Buy me a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. I fuck with it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So no, that was the good vibes, man. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars off a scratch off, man. Good lord. Um. Yeah, man. Twenty twenty. Before we get out of here, twenty twenty, man. What a fucking year. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Uh, rest in peace to anybody that we lost from the coronavirus pandemic. I think it's 300,000 plus at this point, whether it's complications yeah. or anything, whatever kind of thing like that. You know, if you caught that disease, if you caught that virus and you didn't make it through, prayers to that fa- to any family members who are listening to this or aren't listening to this. Just want to put it out in the universe, man. And like, it was, a, it was a rough fucking year, man. I think we deserve a nice little 10-year stretch of just goodness. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I think that I just want 2021 to be prosperous for everybody that's listening, prosperous for anybody who does good onto others, man. I think anybody who I always live my life, I'm a big believer in karma. I don't do anything for karma, but I do believe that the energy reciprocates, man. So if yeah. you are a good person, you don't harm any people, you don't harm people, you 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 you're well intentioned. Even if you're like an ignorant person, like you just don't know stuff, but you are you're open minded to learning about other perspectives and people's struggles, and you are a kind person. I believe 2021 will be a year for prosperity for you, and whatever that means for you. Like if it's money, if it's enlightenment, if it's you know growth. I think that this is a this is a big opportunity after a fucking year like that it's a big opportunity to have some personal growth and um, I'm wishing that upon everybody. Fran, you know, wishing you and your family, nothing but prosperity, man. man, You You know, I think, um, I think that we have some stuff to look forward to in 2021. That'll be really cool and fun. I think, I I, I think, and I hope again, I have, I have some, some, I'm optimistic, but cautiously optimistic. Well, we said this, uh, no, I was talking big. I think I was talking a little more big boy shit in 2019. In 2019, I was like, yeah, man, we're going to do this and it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I was like, it's going to be fun. Everybody keeps messaging me. I haven't heard the episode that we talked like this on, but apparently we were talking, you know, uh, you know, some some plans and ideas and hopes and things like that. And it, they, you know. Well, I think it. Well, a lot of stuff that we came across didn't happen because of because of um, it didn't happen anyway. But yeah. I think it was unforeseen. Part, it was an unforeseen reason. It wasn't yeah. like we just didn't accomplish stuff. It yeah, was but I think an insane COVID thing. played did play a big part. In it. it played the biggest part. Yeah, 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 it played the biggest part. I mean, yes, COVID. You know, any other we year, we had a couple things lined up that COVID was like it put a hole in it. So absolutely, like, absolutely. Like I mean, twenty sixteen. If you don't, if you go into twenty seventeen, like man, we didn't accomplish the things we wanted to accomplish. That might have just been like stuff didn't line up. You didn't AZ. seize this opportunity or things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. This was. There was a lot of stuff that people didn't get accomplished this in 2020 for no fault of your own. Yeah. It just was like the world closed. That's why everybody just calling 2021 a restart. Like, yeah. just re- let's just restart. So everything. that's what I suggest. Use 2021 as a restart. Use 2021 as a platform for your greatness. Get out there. Do what you wanted to do. If you want to start a, if you're an artist and you want to start an art Instagram account and put your art up, fucking do it, man. What's stopping you? Somebody judging you? People fucking died last year, man. Who gives a fuck about who's judging you for the bad? You know, like get out there, follow your dreams, do what you want to do, find out if you're good at it. And if you, at the very least, you'll find out that it's not for you. Yeah. You know, um, I really wish that for people in this year. I, 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 I want people to go out and just try, go out and try. 
because we couldn't in 2020. It just wasn't much to be able to try. You couldn't get adventurous in 2021 and 2020. But shout out before we get out of here again. I we I said this several times because it, it really impressed me. Shout out to anybody who made a, a way in 2020. If you found a way to adapt, you found a way to get ingenuitive, you found a way to create a new revenue stream, adapt to the new way of life. Anybody who found a new hustle in 2020, shout out to you, man, because that was hard to do. So yeah, many yeah, businesses the against the wall. I, that's when you that's when you really find yeah. out what you're made of, man. I think a lot of people and I think a lot of people found that in 2020. So I want to shout those out too because there was a lot of rough shit that happened in 2020. But a lot of people are up in 20. I, oh yeah, for sure. A lot of people are up. A lot of people yeah. started making masks at home, knitting them and selling them online, and all kind of shit like that. So anybody who found a hustle and found a thing that you know altered your life for the positive in 2020, shout out to you, man, because it was very hard to do. Um, I'm very excited about the prospect of 2021, but again, I am cautiously optimistic. Um, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and enjoy 2021, y'all. This is. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.